All right, man. All right, all right. Welcome again to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I think, I think we got this guy um, competing for the most appearance. Which, by the way, I love recurring guests because we could have some, you know, congruent and continual conversations. But we have one of the media moguls. You know, I call it the Godfather of new media. Um, wow! Still thank killing you. it. Yeah, I, I told you. you that. Before. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean? Still, still killing it. Um, still kind of forging and like um, I'm, I'm showing like you know even creators like me um, some new and innovative things that we could do in the space. So you know we got DJ Vlad back in the building, man. Thank you, thank you. Am I your most often repeat guest or? Well, this is our third. Yeah, and I don't think we've done three with anyone else. There you go, number one repeat guest. No, of course, man. On off the record. You, well, you you like your business model. It works with repeat guests. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That's our core business, really. Yeah. So, like, hold on. You got to bring the mic a little bit closer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, who's your most? Is Boosie? Boosie got to be your biggest repeat guest. Probably. Yeah. At at, at this time, uh, Boosie has probably been on more than anyone. Although there's been others, like, you know, TK has been on quite a bit. You, I don't know if you do stats on like your own content because I feel like you have a catalog of like just that stretches for fifteen years plus, yeah. right? I'm just throw out some some random stats and then who do you think fits it? Um, interviewee that has given you the most views over the years, Boosie. Okay, Boosie. It's number two. Uh over the years, I'm not sure, but I did recently look at some stats on our biggest interviewers, interviewees. Yeah, yeah. In terms of specific interviews. Uh, Which are those? Mob James is one of those. Really? Yeah, the Mob James interview got just massive numbers. Uh, oh, over the span of, like, you, you cut yeah. it up. What, what about, uh, um, I thought it would be, um, what's the dude that plays, the, in, he's AZ. In, uh, AZ Faisal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got big numbers. You know, I mean, there, there's so many, like, unicorn clips that just go ballistic and get, like, three, four million views and so forth. Uh, but a lot of times I'm looking more of as, like, a group. You know, an interview that might have 20, 30 parts in the full interview. I usually look at that combined. I mean, I actually, we build software that actually goes oh, through. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that goes through our catalog and, you know, counts all the numbers and, and, and gets everything put together so I could actually look up stats and stuff. A lot of my day is spent looking at stats. It's not as exciting as some people might think. Hey, interestingly enough, I always tell people this. So I graduated from Rutgers University with a biomathematics degree. Right. Never got a job in that field. Yeah. But I do feel like I still use a degree. And math is a very important thing. And when yeah. you're in, like, especially, like, you have a company, no matter what it is, you got to figure out trends. Mm -hmm. You got to know, like, you know, there's some probability. I, I took courses on probability. Now, I'm, I'm only going to be like, well, what's the probability that this is going to do views or not? Or a title like this or this guest, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a degree in computer science. Yeah. And, and for years, I thought when I moved into hip-hop that I'd wasted my time. And lo and behold... Vlad TV is as much of a tech company as it is a content company. Yeah. Like, like I spent probably a million dollars on my back end to build what we built to create the type of, you know, system and conveyor belt that could push out, you know, 12 to 15 clips a day, 365 days a year. Like that takes a lot to, to, to make sure that everything is on point and there's checks and balances and things don't go up wrong or yeah. wrongly titled or, you know, clips go missing and so forth. There's a lot of checks and balances that we built into the system. 
what one thing you do that I want to get to, and just because I think we're in a interesting time in just like modern history where I believe social media is so important, but the again it is controlled inevitably by whether it's Meta or Twitter. I want to be like an app where I could kind of start siphoning motherfuckers off there, where I could have the community that. I like I, I can get their email address if I want to. You know what I mean? Well, we, we have a website, right? VladTV.com, which we, we kind of did that. And well, we had a forum that was extremely, uh, you know, like energetic, active. Yeah, yeah. active, like literally thousands upon thousands of uh, comments a day, probably tens of thousands actually of comments a day. And then out of nowhere, uh, Google shut down all of our advertising. Because, oh, because now the comments were so yeah, yeah. toxic. Oh, and, really? and I had a guy that would go through to try to block moderate people, moderate and so forth. But then you know how these guys do. They just come back with a new account and a bunch of racist shit, you know, a bunch of foul, foul shit on there. And it, it kind of got to the point where it's like, well, we got to pick the forum or we got to scrap the site because we're not getting any advertising on it. So we decided to scrap the whole forum. Mm, wow and we've maintained traffic since then and it's a little bit less of a headache but i do kind of miss it to, to a degree because i thought the common community was dope but it gets out of hand unfortunately yeah so i only think about that when, when it comes to possible either censorship or like for example i've done some weird shit like of course obviously we do cultural hip-hop media but, but we touch outside of it at times if it's relevant within culture right mm -hmm. anytime when i post something political there's always something like there's a fact checker that it's like very interesting. So I, I, I've always wondered, I'm like, yo, I, I can say anything about like, you know, I could post anything that's hip hop related, but it feels like there's a microscope, um, especially on any platform. Once you start touching certain sensitive topics, yeah, I've gotten shadow banned on Instagram, like crazy shadow banned because I posted something about Biden. Like I, I, I hmm. reposted an article that Fox News ran. And it was just like, yo, something with Biden and a crack pipe or something like that. I forget what it was. And oh, I reposted oh, Hunter, Hunter Biden, his son. No, 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 no. Um, it was Joe Biden. This was the headline, which, by the way, the headline was definitely clickbait by Fox News. But it was like, oh, they invested, they earmarked in a bill money for um, prevention or safety ways with people who are addicts. And some people were like, well, since, you know, some of the money was going to be used to fund crack pipes for crackheads and shit like that. You get what I mean? <laughs> and um, that was an over-exaggeration. But it was also for, like, in, in reality, for, like, people who, you know, were using dirty needles and stuff like that. That's where some of the shit was going to really go. I ran the headline. And, again, I post a bunch of shit every day. Usually mostly hip-hop shit. That shit right there. Like, I remember having a talk with Instagram and they, they were just like, nah, they don't fuck with it. And it made me think, I'm like, damn, I don't even want to post shit about elections or politics or anything that gets outside the scope of hip hop. And that's when I thought about censorship. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, maybe as time goes on, um, th this shit will get a little bit more restrictive where you can't post anything, especially to their platforms. I'm like, maybe I, yeah. I, I need to just have my own. Like, think about even, it, well, your guy, Andrew Tate. Well, not your guy. <laughs> but That's your he, guy. <laughs> he got completely erased. From everything. Like in the space. Of and, and remember, I told you. That was he banned I, then? 
No, he wasn't. Remember I told you I didn't do the interview because I felt that, well, number one, I had a problem with all the rape stuff, but also there's the whole thing of like, this is potentially dangerous to our platform. Mm. And soon after, he got banned everywhere, including YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, How I'm not that- trying to get community guidelines strikes because of this dude. Like, that ain't worth it. Wait, so I, I want to know where you fall on this because I think this is like, I'm going to put Andrew Tate to the side but I always think about possibly censorship, right? Do you think that's a censorship like issue or that's just someone who's innately like just saying wrong shit and that's just what happens? Because I feel at times there's always going to be somebody saying something that a lot of people don't like. Yeah. Now I where's mean, the line of, yo, you're, what you're saying is so dangerous. It shouldn't be on a platform, period. I, I think that these platforms are usually reactive rather than proactive. That I think that if Andrew Tate wasn't as popular as he was, I don't think anyone would care. Facts. But the fact that he, at one point, wasn't getting searched more than the Kardashians or something. Was getting searched more than Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he got so much attention that suddenly, I mean, the microscopes always come with that attention, just like how Joe Rogan, suddenly all those old clips and the racist stuff started coming back up. You want to blow up to a certain degree, just understand what comes with it. And what comes with it is a microscope on whatever you do, whatever, you know, comments that you make that doesn't go along with how people feel as a whole. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely censorship 100%. And it's usually a reactive thing based on what a lot of people are saying. Uh, And it's dicey and you don't know. I mean, that one dude, um, Steve will do it. Yeah, he yeah. got his whole channel shut down. Yeah, and they're saying it's because of a gambling site that they advertise on the on the video. Yeah, so he told me he told me about it, right? Like we spoke in private about it, and, and he said, "Yo, I didn't know he was going to actually say publicly, but he does, and he makes millions from it, right? Uh, he has a partnership with a company named Stake, and basically they give him like money to like you know do these charitable things, and he make YouTube videos out of them yeah. all while promoting the site." And he also plays on it. YouTube, which I think this has always been their policy. Like if if you redirect your audience to Pornhub.com, they're banning you. That's just how it goes. Oh, really? Okay. No, well, it, like they're they're approved. You can you can figure it out too. So like if you can't link to the site, you know how you can use like a card on YouTube. If you can't link to the site, it's not a proof site. Oh, and if it's not an okay. approved site, it's probably because that site is isn't in in line with whatever yeah, their yeah, their yeah. thing is. So, of course, rather than using their internal linking system, you could literally just say, "Hey, everybody, go to Pornhub.com." You get what I mean? And when you yeah. do that, right? Maybe they're not tripping, but like if you if you have like callouts and CTAs within the thing, sending people to a site that they don't fuck with. That's what they said. They said, "Hey, we know you played on stake." We didn't say gambling is inherently bad, but when you're telling people how to go there and you're you're calling it out like, hey, go to state.com, that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, this is why if you look at our whole history, we don't really do this kind of thing. Like, we don't take companies' money. We don't have, you know, like, you know, you look like, like a Willie and, you know, uh, you know, like a, you know, Wallow and Gilly. Like they have like liquor bottles in their background and stuff like that. Like we just never really did that just because we felt like 
the short term money and you know and this is not a shout at them doing it because lots of people do it like, like i get it it's, it's a regular part of business but for us we felt like the content itself was so important and so you know evergreen that to take away from it by having a bunch of random little yeah. advertisements in the back i felt like would would make the content less visually appealing and probably also less timeless less because, timeless you know you, yeah. you promote a brand and like two years from now they're watching your content again they'll be like yo this brand don't fucking exist right and it's not like the brand continues to give you money yeah, yeah, yeah as the views continue they give you one check and that stops and you continue to, to advertise them for yeah. the next 10 15 years off that same content i i just i just don't really dig that that whole business model so we've probably given away you know you know probably given up millions of dollars over the years by not doing that, but it's okay. Like I'm fine with that. I think likewise, you know, one of the things in people like trying to get either promotion or ad placement, you know, uh, people have asked me like, yo, listen, we just need 30 seconds, whether it's a bumper or at the end of your videos, just like play our song or announce that this, and people will be like, yo, $50,000 for it. And one of the things I've stood firm on is my YouTube content has to be completely Ad free. Yeah. It has to be nothing that seems like, oh, this video was sponsored by, like, yeah, yeah, it, I don't do that at all. Yeah. yeah. So I've never ever done that. Granted, it passed up a lot of money. I just, I just never felt like, um, um, for my YouTube content, that's the thing. But for other people, like, Steak is giving this guy the bag. But just like that, he's off YouTube. Right. So, and everybody's going to Rumble. You ever heard of that? What's Rumble? So Rumble is like this alternative. Um, it's kind of like, you know, catering to most of the people who believe they're like, you know, right wing, um, like creators who feel like they get shadow banned or they get kicked off of these platforms. Uh -huh. So Andrew Tate's over there. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andrew Tate's over there. Right. By the way, he, I don't know if these numbers is are Trump really over there, too. <laughs> well, no, I know Trump has truth social, but is he over a Rumble, too? I mean, Rumble and this thing called Getter, they're almost like the, the, the back end. They're all partnered together. Uh, so the person who or the company who does Trump's back end is like partner with these companies. And I'm wondering if that'll ever be a thing, because I'm going to be honest with you, even though sometimes people are like, yo, act nice, because sometimes my audience think they know me more than I know myself. Right. So they'll be like, you're, you're not saying what you want to say because you're scared of being canceled. And yeah. I'm like, generally, I think I'm skilled enough to say whatever I want to say in a way that I won't be canceled, but also not in a rush to get deleted off YouTube. Man. Well, right, but 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 here's here's the the issue with with that as well is that recently I saw an article that Truth Social was taken off the Android Play Store. Yeah, yeah. Because of lack of moderation. Lack of moderation, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So it's like, yeah, you could create this new, you know, this new uh, social media platform and say, oh, we're we're not going to do what these guys do. You could say what you want and so forth. But ultimately, someone has to download that from an app store, whether it's iPhone or Android. And if those platforms realize what you're doing, they'll just take you off and then you're done. You're done anyways. So I, so you can't you can't get away with this shit no matter where you go. Unless maybe it's a website. And even like then- a standalone website. Yeah, and even then, it's they, usually they're through gonna, a, a they're server gonna get, company. Yeah, they're gonna get at, if it's Bluehost, they're getting at them. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's still, but I mean, that's a little harder to do, I suppose, but, but still like- yeah, I mean, if suddenly no one could download True Social, you know, from their phones, it becomes a dead platform. I think people are realizing that just essentially 
there isn't any way to completely be autonomous right. and be completely lawless yeah. and just let chaos ensue. Yeah, you gotta right? be like Silk Road or something. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because obviously, like, everyone who went there, they're thinking, well, we're being restricted on Twitter. We're going over there. Yeah, now you're over there. But again, Apple, Android, which is Google, mm-hmm. they control who could download. So now, you exactly. know what's going to happen with... with, with um. Truth Social, Trump and the people who run it, they're going to have to go through a review mm-hmm. and probably, you see, they can't be too honest with their consumer base. They can't be like, hey, we're, we got to tighten the ship up to get back on uh, the Android platform. Yeah. Now everybody here is going to be like, well, this kind of feels like where we just left. So they got to word it in a nice way, but kind of tighten it up just to get back. But there's always rules. There's always there's rules. always rules. And. Most of the time, it's a good thing because when it's just total lawlessness, man, you know, and a lot of people hit me and were like, yo, we're actually glad that the comments are gone because they were just so toxic. It's like, you know, like I have a largely black fan base and, you know, you're reading through the comments or whatever else. And then there's some crazy N word, like super disgusting race, you know, bait type of post out of nowhere and it's like you don't want to read that trying shit. to agitate and cite people yeah, yeah of course yeah they're just trying to piss people off it's like you don't want to read that shit it, it, it'll piss you off like you know so so in a way it's like all right fuck it if you want comments you could go to youtube you could go to instagram you can go to twitter and they do way better of a job in, in like they, they, they do they do a better job and, and you're not really like i can't get banned off YouTube because there's a bunch of racist YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really on YouTube side in terms of the moderation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they understand that, and I, I can't get penalized for that. So, no, no, no. I mean, you're completely right. Um, I think we're at a yo when we when I look back at like 2005 and like you know even when like World Star kind of like just started, it mm-hmm. felt like not only being salacious but being vulgar was like the thing, and like yeah. I. We've it's been scaled back completely. Well, remember, Rollstar always had. I think even to this day, they still have their own video player. Yeah, yeah, they've always done that. We actually did that at the beginning. We had our own video player when we first. They tightened up a TV. little bit though, because because they might not have AdSense on it, but they have some ads. Well, no. In, in fact, I, I remember talking when we were, you know, when we lost our advertising on the website because of the comments. We were talking to discuss you know, who we were, you know, we were paying for, you know, to have ad-free comments and so forth. And I was like, how does Worldstar keep this comment section? They're like, well, if you notice, if you go to a Worldstar page, the comments aren't displayed. You'll click view comments and it'll actually take you to another website. Mm. It'll be like Worldstar with an R at the end, you know, like dot R or something. Yeah. And it's, it's a totally, you know, I think it's Worldstar, Worldstar hip hop. So it, go, it takes you to the other one and then on that site, it's the same page, but the comments are all there, but there's no advertising. Oh. So essentially, the comment part of oh, Worldstar... Like, hack the system. Yeah, the comment part of Worldstar has no advertising associated with it. The non-comment part does have AdSense associated with it. That's how they got around it, but we didn't really want to do that. Yeah, I, I think just overall, I think people just realize, like, even Worldstar in its original inception was supposed to be this wild place that you could see anything. And yeah. if you want to see a beheading video, like, God damn it, you could see it on there, right? But not, not quite that much, but yeah. Really no, I ain't gonna lie, they had one done there back in the day. beheading I'm, video? Yes, okay. like some wild <laughs> shit, man. I didn't know They've that. had niggas getting shot. It's World Star. <laughs> like, world Star. We're like, World Star, like, again, they went really far with the content. That's when, that's before Instagram video. So, like, 
imagine whatever you can see on YouTube, like forget Live Leak, right? Because Live Leak was just kind of everything. There's that. Right? But World Star was just like cultural. You never heard of Live Leak? No, I heard of Live Leak. Oh, yeah. There's also the other one, Fly, Fly Height. Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy actually died, I heard. Oh, really? Yeah, the founder of Fly High died. I don't know how they ever monetized Re- recently, it. like maybe, maybe within a year. Really? Yeah. So, so I guess what I was saying is like, no business could survive in complete chaos because at the end of the day, it's about like you know being. Um, it's, a, it's about the bottom line. People have criticized me, like yo, hey, because I'm trying to not, you know, they'd be like, why do you do this instead of that? And I'm like it's not cool to not be appealing to a brand. You know what I mean? Like some of these people, they want to be so extreme and they criticize you if you want to stay within the confines of at least being, you know, not radioactive to brand names and stuff like that. I mean, listen, do you want to make money or do you want to hustle? Like at the end of the day, if if you just want to hustle and put up a bunch of shit and, and, and try to go viral and you know, grab whatever you want to grab, then that's cool. But if you want to build a real business, you're going to have to approach it as a business. Like, you know, for example, you know, on the, on Facebook, we have, uh, I think something called rights manager, Mm. right. And rights manager actually goes through all the videos we upload to our, uh, to our Facebook gets registered and Facebook will actually find all the instances of that video throughout Facebook as well as Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it, it lists it all out along with the views that it's getting and where it is. And you can actually see the actual post. The, the, the funny part is that a lot of people who, who steal our content will try, will block us on Instagram thinking that's, that that does something. In fact, it doesn't. It, you know, it'll still find it They'll there. steal and, your and, shit and block you? And block you. Yeah, thinking that, oh, that's how we're going to get around it. We're going to take his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cut out his logo, th- put property of our own website, and then block him. But that just sort of annoys me more. And, and the thing is about it is that, that you, have a, you have a choice at that point. You could either block the content or you could actually file, you know, a copyright strike yeah, yeah. against them. Um, if it's like a smaller, you know, uh, page or, or whatever, we'll just block it and keep it moving. If they come back and try to argue and say, oh, you don't own this. This is fair use. So uh, the artist gave me permission to use it. We'll just then file the strike. But if it's a site that I feel like knows better, like like a bigger, you know, page mm-hmm. that of someone who I'm not actually, you know, who I don't have a relationship with. Like, you know, you could post my stuff all you want. I don't really yeah. care. Shade Room, World Star. They understand the guidelines of posting my stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, Don't crop out my logo, yeah, like yeah. whatever else. Make sure you tag, like, come on. It's, you know, it's yeah, just simple courtesy. Just simple, simple courtesy stuff. Like, don't don't chop it up into five pieces and play the whole thing. Um, I'm cool with with. with all the big outlets and they all respect my content. If I ever have a problem, I'll hit them. They'll take it down. No problem. But if it's all these random people who just take our stuff, try to throw their name on it and so forth, I'll file a strike on them. It's, it's a very simple process. It takes like 15 seconds. Yeah. And, and every so often people will be like, yo, my page got shut down because of you. And it's like, well, your page didn't get shut down because of me. I was the final straw to get your page shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have a series you, of strikes. You of strikes yeah. You've been doing this fuck shit for a while, and I just <laughs> happen to be the last person to to to, to catch you with it. And, and it's like, what's weird now is, and, and this is a new thing. People are now offering me money to retract the strikes. 
Uh, which which I don't take. I don't I don't really play that. It's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. if I if I did it, it's because of a reason of why I did it. I'm not trying to extort you and try to get some money out of you. And, oh, yeah. give me ten thousand dollars, like nah. But so I I don't really answer those types of emails. But I'm noticing this is a new thing. People run these these uh, pages and probably make money, you know, a little hustle money and so forth. They get shut down. Then they try to pay the people to reverse the strike so they can get back up again. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird business but ultimately you're better off creating your own content or just getting permission from whoever you're dealing with to upload the content because a lot of times they'll, they'll tell you yes under certain conditions right yeah and it's not like which technically they could be like well if you're gonna use it at all i i have a license fee but most times people be like well if you put up just a clip that's a promotion right thing. exactly Ooh. no one no one's gonna pay you yeah, to put yeah. up a clip so yeah. so it's not like a licensing fee really applies to like instagram yeah, or whatever well, I'm, I'm saying i'm saying like kind of like technically technically if, yeah. if, if you're using anyone's shit they could they could but you know obviously people won't but they also won't give you a strike if you're respectful exactly that's you know point. and we don't we don't even really license like we get hit up every week by some film company documentary company tv company to license our stuff and uh, we've just at this point said we'll license it for free, you know, if we have an ownership stake in the project. Mm. And then that, that, that's the last time you hear from people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they they yeah, don't want to have that conversation. Out of there, man. They, 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 they don't want to hear that. But my thing is like, yo, like they, they offer you. And at one point I was like, all right, we'll just have a minimum of 10,000. You want to license the shit? I don't care if it's five seconds or, or five minutes, $10,000. And then you get, oh, that's that's not in our budget. You know, we're all, you know, this is really a good project. Can you, you know, oh, you know, we, we you know, our, our fee is this much. Can you do it for, for $1,500 or, or, or $300? And it's like, yeah. it's just not yeah. our business to license our stuff and give our stuff out and whatever else. It's never been a significant part of, of, of the business and, and the overall income that we make. So, I, I think in the past, people have gotten away with licensing stuff for relatively low cost because this is all archive footage that, that's not being monetized anymore. You know, if it's in someone's vault in a TV station, yeah, sure, take 500 bucks and yeah, license yeah. it. But if it's on YouTube and it's still making money, you license it and now it's on someone else's platform and they have it in perpetuity and they can do whatever they want with it. They can put out the same clip and now compete with you. So it's yeah. like, what's, what's the point? So we would rather just really keep the shit to ourselves and let other people license if they want to. But, you know, like for example, like, yeah, we TV, they wanted to license our, our FBG duck interview. And we're like, Make, you know, give us an ownership stake in the project. Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 you know, and Mona Scott tried to get me on the phone. I'm like, I'm not having a conversation with Mona Scott. Oh yeah. They're probably, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, like I, you're not going to sit here on the phone, try to convince me. Otherwise I haven't had the best business dealings with you in the past. You've yeah. made me waste money in the past. So I'm not, Mona? yeah, yeah, man. Mona, Mona was like, Mona gotta be a billionaire over that love and hip hop shit. Man. She probably does pretty well. I mean, it's not like me and her have, have beef or anything. It's just that business wise, what she's done and what I've done has never really coincided. So like, for example, like at one point, I mean, I, I was on love and hip hop as a yeah. guest, right. When I was interviewing, um, was it uh, Mimi and, um, yeah, yeah, and her yeah. boyfriend at the time, and I was I was on like the first season, I think, also with Samaya Reese. Did it pay for that, or is no? Like, I don't get paid for that. Okay, okay. I, I've never gotten a penny from Love and Hip Hop. Um, not that I asked for it. I yeah, just, yeah. They, they just don't pay. Um, but like I remember around that time, I was going really hard 
with interviewing like all the Love and Hip Hop cast members. Yeah. Right. And I was really like, literally, like I would just interview all of them as many as I can get. And I just started hearing from VH1 that, that they were telling their cast members not to interview with Vlad TV. Why? Because they felt that it was not like a friendly platform or something like that. Like the actual people at VH1 were telling Man, the cast, but the cast members would still do it because they're like, we don't give a fuck. Like this yeah, is a big yeah, platform. Yeah. Like we, we need this look. And I, I remember I called Mona and I'm like, Mona, like what's going on? She's like, oh, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. It never got taken care of. Mm. They, they, they were still doing that shit. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. No more love and hip hop interviews. Done. You know, and then at one point, like, uh, Mona was talking to us about doing, like, uh, a show. I think it was actually the, the hip-hop, kind of like what they're doing now, actually. It was like a hip-hop uh, uh, investigations kind of show. Yeah, yeah, And we spent some money getting some lawyer shit together, and then she just stopped responding. And I'm like, all right, so when she comes to me for shit, you're going to get the same type of response. Yeah, like, yeah. if you if you going to waste my time and my money... You know, you're not <laughs> going to be able to, to license our shit either. Like, it is what it is. Like, if we're not going to make business together, we're not going to make business together either way. I'm not just going to, because you have a TV show, I'm supposed to let bygones be bygones. And, yeah. you know, like, no, nah, I'm cool. I don't, I don't need Mona Scott. Mona Scott doesn't need me. That's true. Yeah. Hey, what, yo, what do you think um, of this whole Aerie Spears, Tiffany Haddish shit going on right now, man? You interviewed him. I interviewed him well before, before this shit dropped. So, so, so initially, what happened is Aries Spears goes super viral. Which, by the way, but with the, the never, Lizzo thing, yes, he says yeah. something about Lizzo, super viral. He called her. She says she, he looks like he says she looks like the shit emoji, the shit emoji, or or mashed potatoes. Which I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Aries Spears isn't even explaining it. Like he, he kind of. He was trying to make a joke. I don't think he really dislikes her at all. And I've heard a follow-up, I think, when he was talking on your shit. Yeah. He don't really hate her. He was trying to make a joke. He's like a comedian. You ever been around a comedian yeah. and everything they say, they're trying to kind of make it humorous? Mm -hmm. And I think in today's society, that body shaming, that the, the, it went viral for him body shaming her. Right. And I personally believe that that was a domino effect for this. No, I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why I think so. Because they've been trying to get some traction with this particular lawsuit against Tiffany Haddish and yeah. Aries Spears. It was never a right time or even Aries Spears specifically wasn't relevant enough for it to matter. They dropped it at pretty much the right time. And also, I'm going to keep it real with you. Tiffany Haddish is one of those people, and this is a if-you-know-you-know -you -know conversation, She's connected to a lot of the elites that you can't just speak up and just say some shit like that. There's certain people I've always told people, I'm like, yo, one of the one of the things about me um, is because of how I am and because I don't really build alliances and networks with like so many different people strategically. If someone wanted to come out right now and be like, yo, I murdered 15 kids like. More than likely, like, other than with the exception, like, you or whatever, you like, act, what's up with this, right? Everybody else is running with it. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, let's figure this shit out later, right? And it can be completely false. Tiffany Haddish is one of those people that, I'm trying to see if I can explain. People wouldn't cross her to do that. And 
is because of her network of friends. Yeah, I mean Kevin Hart and them. I'm telling you. Okay. Like I'm t- yo with certain people, it has to get to it. So I only say that to say I could imagine they wanted to make this give a uh, have some type of splash for a while. Nobody was going to fuck with it. If people fuck with Tiffany Haddish and a lot of people who are in the industry, they fuck with that circle. So again, you're going to like even the, even the blog that put it out. People were trying to get at the blogger for a second until people were like, oh, shit, well, it was the a, clip surface. It was Daily Beast. It's not, it's not, it's a big. No, no, it, Daily Beast, Daily Beast wasn't the first. There's this blogger, um, Nick Ritchie or something like that. They first put it out and then the Daily Beast basically confirmed that, yo, there is a video for it. You get what I mean? Yeah, and he, the video kind of like doing them in. Yeah, I watched the video. It was cringeworthy. That shit was crazy. It was it was cringeworthy. Um, Aries spoke about this recently. He feels it's a shakedown. Um, I saw the video and it, it was cringeworthy. I think it's a it was a skit that should not have been made. Uh, at the end of the day, they're like, "How old is this video? Like ten years old?" Yeah. At the end of the day, if, if there was a serious degree of wrongdoing, why was there no criminal charges filed? At that time, true. Uh, if if the lawsuit was just two Aries Spears caliber, you know, people in terms of income, I don't think there'd be a lawsuit. I feel like there's a lawsuit because there's Tiffany Haddish, who's yeah, got, yeah. Who's got a high degree of, you know, she, she she's got real money. You know, I mean, not to say Aries th- th- is doing bad. I mean, he does well, but not Tiffany Haddish well. Like Tiffany Haddish is, you know, got her you know face on on movie posters, so. To me, it's like, it's clearly, you know, someone trying to get as much money out of the situation as possible. Uh, And is this a shakedown to a certain degree? Yes, I think it is a shakedown uh, to a certain degree. Um, And ultimately, it's going to get worked out in the courts. You know, so so my opinion, Aries' opinion, you know, Tiffany made a statement about it saying, you know, it's an unfortunate video, whatever else, you know, we can't really speak on it. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Tiffany and, and Aries probably regret making that video, but you know, it's not like these people are actually child molesters. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if there was a video came out of them actually abusing children, then I'd be like, nah, I can't fuck with this. Like I can't have Aries back on my show. I'm not going to interview Tiffany again, you know, cause I've interviewed both of them. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't personally interview Tiffany, but she was on Vlad TV, you know, with the Lunell interview. Um, but to me, it's like, it was an inappropriate video uh, it was making fun of something that you probably shouldn't make fun of, but there's always been a very edgy side of comedy that sort of tries to tread that line of, you know, jokes and, and people make jokes about everything. You know, people make jokes about child molesters. People make jokes about racism. People make jokes about, uh, sexism. I think, I think they were trying so to forth. do a, 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 an attempted bit in terms of making fun of R. Kelly. Cause they had some of his music in the background. Oh, really? Oh, I, yes. I missed that part. Yeah. So, so, so they were they were using that as kind of like a little context. But you, you, I also do think about the current time, and this is why when you hear things from ten years ago get brought up or fifteen years ago get brought up, mm-hmm. again, it, it it's all subjective. But like usually when they throw it in a new audience face in this day, by the way. Ooh, ooh, the place where they were making that content for, 
They were going for edgy shit like that all the time. Now, granted, it wasn't funny mostly, or die? huh? Funny or die? Well, no, it was. It got repurposed on funny or uh, die. Okay, but that was the type of you got to remember. They came from Mad TV. Yeah, like they were doing shit that was like way over the line listen, compared listen, to now. There was, and we talked about this in my interview with Aries after Tupac died, right? Mad TV did a skit where they did a parody of Weekend at Bernie's. Remember yeah. that movie? Yeah, yeah. Where they had this dead guy that they basically paraded around. It was called Weekend at Tupac's. And they basically had a, a corpse of Tupac that they were just parading around doing various things. Completely I, out of line. I mean, it's out, out of line, line right? I think in 2022, I think if you take the corpse of any, like, like, like who's the most famous person who died recently, who died kind of young? Rapper-wise? Rapper-wise. Juice World. Juice World. Okay. Yeah. Juice World. It's also Pop Smoke. Yeah. To, so, so, so let's just say I made a skit where I had a Juice World corpse, you know, driving That's, around with me and, you know. Insensitive, man. Like, yo, yo, Juice World, you want to hit this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. just really inappropriate type shit. Like, it, it wouldn't... It, it wouldn't fly. Like people would be really, really upset. I would never do something like that, by the way, for everyone who's trying to yeah. get me canceled over this. But I'm saying like, but this was broadcast on national television, national television with commercials. Yeah. You know, Pepsi probably had a commercial right after that. Like, yo, back then it was just a different time. It was, it was, it was an edgier a different time. time. And by the way, I've realized that um, now because a lot of people, um, know how edgy they used to like. I watch Charlemagne now, and and I think Charlemagne has adjusted to the current landscape. Oh yeah, man! But like, and every time people bring shit up, I always watch motherfuckers like yo, like they never heard it before. Like, bro, part of the reason Charlemagne was like Charlemagne, like I remember I did an interview with him in 2013, my very first interview, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to him, and and he's like, yo, he's like, there's nothing better than a white Nubian queen. And like he goes into and, and it's it's funny. It's funny at the moment. Okay. Now it's seen as just like you hate black women. Like that same type of like it's funny then, but now it, it, it comes across completely different because we're in a completely different time. Yo, and, listen, listen, like like my last interview with Charlemagne, <clears throat> you know, about a year ago. After the interview, he called me and wanted certain parts out of the interview. In fact, he wanted to redo the entire interview. Really? We finally compromised that like, oh, you know, so I'll just take these parts out. It's not like I was trying to run it anyways. Like yeah. I was like, that's no problem, but I don't think we should redo the entire interview. We actually had a good interview. But if you have a problem with these parts, I'll, I'll cut those out. Not a problem. And my whole, you understand, I've known Charlemagne for 20 years. Yo, I've He's never asked me to do this ever in life before this. Yeah. Ever, 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 it's ever. ever. The time, fact man. that he's having to do this now just shows we're in a different time and he's in a different space as well. I think when I heard him on an impulsive um, podcast with Logan Paul and he he kind of refers to himself or like how he did content as almost like a character. And and he's basically kind of like, and I'm summarizing, like he's like, he killed the character. And I'm like, damn, it's kind of interesting to think, think about shit like that. But it's like, when when I think Charlemagne, I'm thinking Charlemagne. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that I, that can't exist now. I think it's the same reason why, like for example, people like Chris Rock say, "Yo, I, I don't want to perform my art in like 
at uh, colleges because some of the jokes that might be edgy now you're gonna say not only oh you're misogynistic you're you know xenophobic you're this you're that you're whatever the case is so I think these days it's it's interesting watching how comedy has changed but also watch how people do like you know um, yeah um, well to me for me the way I look at it is it's not that societal standards have changed. It's the fact that social media has now brought a voice to individuals that otherwise didn't have much of a voice before. And when they start to band together, it's been shown that they've been able to make some level of change. Yeah, but 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 also like they're completely nitpick. I'm telling you, well, no, but, 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 but I mean, but that's what I'm saying though. Like the nitpicking or otherwise, I'm not saying it's no, a no, justified yo, thing. Like, like, I'll give you an example. When I did the Warren Sharrack, when I did the Warren Sharrack, I'm telling you, first of all, it wasn't that many people who knew about it, but the, for the people who were engaged and for the people who did talk about it, they don't talk about it like how they talk about it now. The way they talk about it now is like I was Hitler. Right. When back then, they used to be like, yo, uh-huh. look at this fucking nerd just talking about like some hood shit. That's it. Now when they talk about it, they talk about, they, they have now framed it in exploitation. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, but that, that's because you got bigger over time. If you never got bigger than the war in Chirac. That's true. No one would give a shit. You still be, there's still these like Chicago, like, like if you go through YouTube, there's a lot of war in Chirac type YouTube channels. There's probably yeah. at least a hundred of them that do exactly what you're talking about. A lot of times it'd be like some foreign guy. You could tell by the accent. The yeah, guy's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. American just yeah, talking yeah. about a bunch of shit that a lot of times isn't even true. It's like, oh, well, this Chief Keith beef started from, you know, some bullshit that yeah. you know didn't even fucking happen, but the video got 300,000 views because it sounds exciting and and so forth. So, yo, yeah, you, you've grown past that and you've transitioned into a new part of your business, but there's lots of dudes who are right there where you were back then that will gladly take that torch and will run with it until their YouTube channel gets shut down. Hey, let me tell you this. And, and I always, like, there's this guy, um, there's this guy on uh, No Jumper, which they've they've compared, actually, I've talked to him too. His name is Porter Flacco. He's like, yo, act like, yo, I grew up watching you type shit. You get me? And, and I see him, you know, um, I'm going to say emulated. I don't mean this in any type of disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. And nor do I feel disrespected when he's doing, I don't call, call it impression or emulating, but he's using certain things that he's seen me do over the years. And by the way, I remember when I first started, people used to be like, well, shit, I remember Charlamagne called me even. It was like, your act. Sometimes I hear and I'm like, oh shit. Oh, that's interesting and unique. That's like act. But then sometimes I feel like you're doing a little bit of me. Right. And, what I was trying to also say to uh, the guy, Poetic Flocker, right? I was just like, I could never do my career again now, ever. Like, it's over. I'm telling you, it, it wouldn't happen. The, the timing changed. Like, imagine if Charlemagne was a no-name journalist or a no-name radio personality now or no-name podcaster. Mm-hmm. How does he make? How does he make those waves knowing that, to be honest, most of those things that was kind of, you know, either salacious or really hilarious at the time like everybody laughed when he made uh well he didn't make but little mama cried on the show yeah you know what they look at him as now a bully <laughs> like yo you're just bullying people yeah i mean i don't think he's proud of that either though um i don't think making a girl cry is 
Well, 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 well it's taken out of context, died. though. He didn't make her cry. He brought up something and she cried. He, he's not, he wasn't he, like. Didn't he make a comment that she has like a young old face or, or something like that? No, no, no. So obviously he had. I, I, don't, I don't exactly remember. He I'm had not, Joe scattered in there, but like, yeah. you know, like he's, that's his type of guy, right? But he didn't make her cry like he was bullying her. He was kind of like, while going through an interview, like if you're interviewing someone about uh-huh. something or their life and they get to talk about um, some of the hardships they went through and they cried, like that's completely different than than you're roasting someone like, yo, you look ugly as shit. Like, you know what I mean? So that's not what he was doing. But the young old face, am I just making this up? No, nah, nah, he didn't say something like that. <laughs> I, I, I think insulting a woman's looks on a, on a large platform like that is not something that I'm sure that he's proud of in 2022. I feel they've got my man Charlemagne all the way woke now. Like they got him. Like yo, again, I uh, he's he's I think just one of the most talented motherfuckers out there. But I feel like because he's trying to get to different heights, mm-hmm. he has to play it so much within the lines that I'm like, man, this guy was the funniest guy. Period. Like in, in 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 the whole genre, and then now I'm like watching him. I'm like, I feel like he's not trying to put his foot in his mouth. Yeah, no, like I told you, like our last interview was not our usual interview. Like we would, I mean, I I remember. I think probably one of the the reasons why Drake's guy approached me in yeah, yeah. New Orleans was there was a clip that we have that's still up where oh, Charlamagne was clown. Oh yeah, talking about Drake. He said there's gay, there's straight, then there's Drake. <laughs> Hilarious! I'm right? sorry. It's funny. Right? It's funny. Hilarious. It's funny. Yo, by the way, if you say that now, you're some type of like you homophobe. Know, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're yeah. A homophobe right now. But that was funny. Like it was an actual funny <laughs> joke. It's like he's saying that he's sort of like kind of in the middle, sort of. But like this was a time where Drake all the emotional lyrics where not a lot of rappers Yo, he was were doing Drake that. a beige little girl, like or something, <laughs> something of the sort. And and like I, and I think about it now, and I'm like. Damn, people really do. Like, are we more sensitive now? Yo, I don't think that we're more sensitive. I think that we have seen time and time again when a certain group of people on social media have banded together and actually made some sort of difference and actually enforced their will on an individual or a company or something like that and have actually had success doing it. So they want to, they want to, uh, basically do that over and over and over again like how many times have you read we need to cancel you know academics yeah you're canceled we're gonna cancel you like people are saying that not because they're delusional i mean it's because they've seen other people canceled before they've seen groups of people get together and suddenly so-and-so just lost this movie deal so-and-so just lost a sponsorship Mm. so-and-so just got kicked listen they banded together and kicked Andrew Tate off every social media platform. Yeah, they got they a group of people. It's not like the companies got together and made it and made a decision proactively to say, you know something, this person who's relatively unknown now, we're going to cancel him. And and, and no, it's like remember that there there was I think you even posted it. Some guy, I think like a gay guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. was basically starting a petition to get him off Once social he got media. To a million likes. I was like, it got like Shit. it got a million likes. Yo, and that's what happened. A bunch of individuals with 23 followers 
started to like it and it, it built into a snowball and they actually got this guy canceled off every media platform this could not have happened 10 years ago yeah but i'm worried about that though the state of the state of the world again again I, you know obviously you're you're definitely opposed to most of what andrew tate says so like you know not, and, and, no, 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 no i'm not opposed to everything but but there, there are certain moments of justifying rape and everything no, no, else no, like no, that, no, that, no, that no, i have no. that i feel that that is just inherently wrong in terms of my morals no 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 no, no completely i get yeah. it i don't feel that any woman deserves to be raped regardless of what she did leading up to it you know what i'm saying i don't believe that so when i heard him say that i'm like nah i'm cool Yes. Okay. So, what? Anytime when a topic of like saying deplatforming someone comes in, and whether it's like Andrew Tate or even Alex Jones, and by the way, both of you know, well, Alex Jones literally said, which he just he lost a huge lawsuit on, huge lawsuit. Um, by the way, he did another interview recently, like he's wilding out, just like oh, is he losing. worse now? Yeah, no, he literally went on the interview like, yo, y'all killed them kids. Fuck it, I'm gonna take the blame. I did it. Like, he's just, like, going in. He was just, like, matter of fact, blame me for everything, too. Like, yeah, he's he's going in. I, he might be smiling a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> the, once someone is, is at the point of being canceled, I always look at things like this. And it, it goes from an old Jamaican saying. They say, if you're going to dig a hole, dig two. Yeah, okay. that before. And yeah, one for yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, one for yeah. yourself and the person, too. <laughs> because sometimes you think that these things only go that way. Yeah, they go both ways. But it could also be weaponized against you. Well, right? Like, for example, it, shit, this happened to Trump now. Trump was the motherfucker was like, yo, Hillary got all the emails. He signed some type of bill saying, yo, this is a fucking crime to use information that should be yeah. classified in a certain way. And now they, they, they basically show up to Mar-a-Lago searching for his shit. So what yeah. happens? Listen, like, when you and I did that interview, you know, our last interview, mm. when I told you why... You know, after you interviewed Andrew Tate, why I turned down an Andrew Tate interview. Like, through all the comments now, who if I have, like, some sort of gangster figure on there, like, for example, the most recent guy I have, um, uh, Michael Thompson, he was an ex-Aryan uh, Brotherhood leader who ended up turning against the Aryan Brotherhood and testifying against him and so forth. It's like, oh, you interview this guy, but not Andrew Tate, huh? Fucking hypocrite. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, this, this guy this guy stabs people. And, you know, oh, you go interview him. Uh, yeah, but they're you interview the this murderer. Like, 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 now I hear, like, like that, that statement I made in our interview, I now see it constantly. Like, well, you know? what do you think about it, though? Because, again, remember, when we're having that discourse, my, I said, I would invite most people to be on the platform I'll challenge your views. And, and if I know that that's how you think going in, I'm going to challenge your views. Now, granted, it's my content. So, like, say say if we had a very nonproductive conversation about whatever, I'm taking that out, and that's on me, right? Yeah. But, again, I feel like to be, you can't really be the moral police here. You can't be the moral police. Because some of these guys are murderers. Like, you would have interviewed Alpo. Like, Alpo's... No, I never interviewed Alpo. No, you uh, would have. I tried to. But that we couldn't agree on a price. That motherfucker seems like a deranged killer. Guy well, I interviewed Sammy the Bull, who killed thirteen people and admitted to it. Okay, but that's what's, so. When you're sitting down with this person, right? Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I just think those people are just completely on a different level of evil and just bad for humanity compared to. Andrew well, Tate. okay, so I guess I look at murder a little differently than than some people. Um, 
I, I had a situation in my life where I thought I killed somebody and it was justifiable. It was an attempt on my life and I thought I'd killed the guy in self-defense and for about two hours I thought I'd killed him and so the police told me he survived. Oh, you know what I'm it's real? Yeah, it's real. real I was sad. like, yo, Vlad got a body? No, I didn't, I, I didn't kill him. No, I didn't, I didn't. But he, he, he survived, but he, he was very badly fucked up. You shot him? In the process. I'm not going to get into the details, but it was, it was a very fucked up. But, but for about two hours, I'm, I'm outside with the police going like, this is what a murder feels like, huh? I, I can live with this. Wait, wait I, but that I, was self-defense, though. self-defense. I wouldn't even consider that defense. Right. Well, but, it, but, but I, mean, I mean, if the person didn't survive it, it would have been. Yeah, but, but that's you or him. Right. So when I look at certain situations, when I look at people who killed people, I am not oftentimes interviewing people that are out, you know, shooting at random people on the freeway. Sammy the Bull was in mafia wars. Like these were actually wars that they were, these were soldiers that were killing each other. You know what I'm saying? So like. They killed some innocent people in there. Not, not really. Like Alpo, Alpo killed an uh, uh, innocent woman. I, I never interviewed Alpo though. But yeah, I, I see where you're going with this. Well, she, well, she was, she was telling. She, she was, she was cooperating yeah, against them. You're not, if, unless you're in that lifestyle, like if, if someone's grandmother sees crime happen in her community and, and helps the police solve it and she gets killed, yeah, no, she's no, not listen, in the life. Listen, I'm not, it's not 100%. I, I interviewed the guy who killed, you know, one of the two guys who killed Michael Jordan's father from prison. That, was, that wasn't justifiable. That wasn't, you know, self-defense. They were not in a war with this guy. It was a robbery that turned into a murder. It was fucked up, but it was also a historically important part of history. You're talking about the greatest basketball player that ever lived and his father being killed under very fucked up circumstances. And there's also a lot of conspiracy theories about whether it had to do with his gambling or whatever else, which it didn't. So... So there is people that I interview who are heinous individuals. I feel in this case, this guy is a heinous individual. Like it was some young kid who lived in a trailer home who tried to rob some old man in his Lexus. And when he resisted, they shot and killed him. And then rode around in his car and made music videos wearing his jewelry. Like it was, there's some stupid shit associated with it. I, I get it. Like I have interviewed people that other people would, it would turn their stomach and so forth, but you do have to draw draw a line somewhere and you you have to have some sort of you know line that you just don't cross with certain people and if someone's going to come in and bash you know a race you know what i'm saying like like bash black you know black women or black people like you know people were so upset that i interviewed a guy from the aryan brotherhood right but this guy's actually half Native American, and during the time of his run, and Aryan, black, uh, yeah, he's half black, yeah. <laughs> right? The Aryan Brotherhood dude actually isn't racist at all. He said during that time, the Aryan Brotherhood wasn't a racist organization. The Nazi shit kind of came later, and he actually turned against them and so forth. But like, like ah, oh, how, how do you give this, you know, this racist a platform? It's like, well, it's not really racist. If a guy came in and said all black people are inferior and, and, and this, is, this is how I feel, I wouldn't give that guy a platform because that just goes so much against how I feel about people. So, so you know what I'm saying? But then again, you gave Candace Owens a platform, it, which, which I disagreed with. It, it's, I wouldn't give Candace Owens a platform. It's very subjective because, like, again, it, all, it definitely has to do with, you know, you being the platform, platform owner 
you have to figure out, well, what is crossing the line? What's egregious? What is the level where <clears throat> having a conversation is probably just me popularizing some of the stuff you're saying rather than it could be constructive. But you also got to think about like you interview a lot of drug dealers. Like some of these guys have probably been responsible for generations of, you know, fucked upness in the hood. You know what I mean? Like 100%. these dudes as so cracking. If you look at usually the end of my interviews with those guys, you, I like that you stare I, in a certain I, way. You stare I, at less. I actually say, do you feel bad about the destruction that you've caused about, you know, the, the mothers who got hooked on crack and had to sell their daughters, you know, for a hit. You know, do, do you feel bad about, you know, people who had nice jobs and, and were supporting their families who ended up on the street and, and, and never recovered? You know, multi-generational, you know, violence and so forth that that happened. And you get very interesting answers. Some people say, well, if I didn't do it, someone else would have done it. Um, you know, I was too young to really realize what I was doing. I feel bad. Some people are like, no, I, I very, I very much feel bad now and I'm trying to give back. You know, I mean, Mob James, I asked him uh, in our last interview, you know, if you were to ask God to forgive you for one thing, what would it be? And he started to cry. Really? Yeah. He said, Is I think that, the guy about that, that wax had like told or something like that. There, there was rumors about that. There was paperwork that was floating around. It didn't actually have his name on it, but people claimed that it was it was yeah. him that, that told. So yeah, we, we addressed that in our last interview. But you know, the whole thing about the the crying, he goes, I actually deal with this every day. I wake up every morning and I ask God why I'm still here and why I have a grandson to raise with all the people I've hurt. Did he kill someone? If he did, he wouldn't tell me. Oh, and I, and I, oh and so I, I thought like he went to jail and, for the No, no. I mean, yeah, he, and I wouldn't ask him that. But, mm. but you know, pretty sure he shot people before. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about him shooting people without getting specific. So, so you know, whether he killed them or not, he has shot people before. He's gotten shot before. Goes both ways. But, yeah, I mean, there there is a certain degree of, of guilt and a certain degree of regret. And, and almost always when I present these stories, it's never, there's never a good ending at the end. I sold all these drugs and I made all this money and then I went to prison. It's usually like a, I think a five to one ratio for every year you ball out, you end up doing five years in prison. Yeah. And, and you know, there's never a, you know, Hey, y'all should be a drug dealer. Like I was, here's how you do it. <laughs> like it, it's never that it's always like, a cautionary tale of what not to do. Would you interview Trump? Yes. Okay. The reason why I ask that is, I'm. I feel like you have you. It's easy for you to separate right the people. And he's definitely who, going to jail if I interview. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, well, well, I guess I was I was trying to say like Trump and Just Tate, kidding. right? I, I feel like it's easy for you to be like, well, this guy killed someone and he did his time, so he did do some type of pay this restitution to society, I guess. So. Consciously, I feel okay with interviewing him. Yeah, but I, I really don't feel like tastes that bad. Like you know what I mean? Like, well, listen. At the end of the day, it is what it is. At this point, yeah, you know, yeah. he yeah, said what he said. He's been banned everywhere. He'll Shit, find point, whatever. You probably, wanna, yeah. you probably can't play, pay you to get the interview. At this point. Yeah, exactly. And you know, plus Trump is also a former U.S. president. Yeah, historically, I mean, I, I interviewed uh, Rod Blagojevich, the, the governor of Illinois, who went to prison. Uh, you think Trump going to jail? Maybe. I don't think so. Yeah, most people don't. 
Because well, he's been able to avoid it all these years, but well, I'm well. I think I, what, I think personally, I think that he's not going to be able to run again. I think he's going to get convicted of this paper of these papers, and then if you get convicted of the Espionage Act, you can never run for public office again. That's what I think will happen, at the minimum. Um, but who knows? I think that would be the maximum. I I, I think like I said I think if knows? the president happens that a former U.S. president, I think well, it's already kind of happening because they they did a search warrant. I think if he goes to jail. It has to be whatever party is in power will be allocating a good amount of time and resources to do witch hunts versus any adversary. And I think that's a very danger, dangerous political um, pathway. So it's not necessarily about Trump. It's just like if I'm if I'm the next Republican president. Right. And I'm watching a Democrat who's getting wildly popular it could be a senator or something like that. This person's about to run against me in two, three years. The FBI got to be on that motherfucker's ass. Right, but they, you know but, what they mean? Do, but they do that anyways. Like, like you pull, if you talk to like actual hardcore, you know, political lifers, you know, people who have been doing it this whole, you know, for years and years and years, you'll see how this stuff really works. Like, for example, if you're running against somebody, right? The first thing they do, because you have to have a certain number of petitions, the first thing the opposition will do is go through all those petitions. They'll have like interns go it piece by piece to try to find fraudulent ones, because if they can find enough fraudulent petitions, they can knock you out of the race before you even start. Yeah. You could tell, say that's kind of dirty, but, 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 this is what, but this is what they do. They will try to find any sort of technicality to take you out of the race. So the fact that they went and seized these documents, and look, at the end of the day, all this could have been avoided. They asked, you know, the archives, you know, um, were asking Trump for these documents back over and over and over again. And he kept denying that he had them to the point where his lawyer signed off on an official document saying that my client has none of these documents in his possession. And I'm signing this off as his official lawyer to then come back and find all the documents they claim they didn't have. And by the way, one of the coolest rumors I heard out there is that they're saying that he actually has, because when they found the documents, there, there were some documents and folders that were empty. The rumor is, is that some of those documents are in his ex-wife's coffin. No. You heard that? Hell no. Let me tell you something. Let why me tell you something. Why does it burn it at that point? Yo. Well, because he's trying to keep the documents. He could have burned everything. He's trying to keep them for whatever reason. Think about this. Why bury? Think about this, right? Think about how this is sort of on brand with Trump. She was cremated. Why was there a coffin? Was she cremated? Yes. It was buried on the golf course too. He had like, like, I remember someone made a mention that he had more pallbearers for her than Biggie had for his coffin. Stop it. <laughs> and she weighed about 100 pounds. And she wasn't even the damn coffin because she was cremated. What? Why was that coffin so Wait, What heavy? was in the coffin? That's what I'm saying. And he buried her on his own golf course where he could have easy access to the to the casket. And trying to get a warrant to go into a fucking casket is very difficult, isn't it? 
So, well, so I'm just saying. I'm no, not saying the, it's true. I'm saying it's a very interesting rumor. That, I got a lot of retweets. Very, when I put this. That's a very interesting. I know you're rumor. voting for Trump, and that's your man no, and all. But I will say I'm this: just, I'm just putting it out there. I think that, and uh, I think if Trump gets charged and eventually say he does, which I just think is impossible, he does any prison time. It is possible. Um, well, it's possible, yeah, it's but possible. I don't think it's going to be it's going to be practical because. This, this is how, I feel like politicians break the rules and laws all the time. We mm -hmm. don't live by the same rules that govern them and us. For example, Nancy Pelosi, mm -hmm. right? She literally, like her husband, like right before they signed something in like Congress, her husband either dumps or bought a shit ton of fucking um, like yeah. stocks. The SEC would be on your ass. Like a regular person, right. the SEC's on your ass. Right. In, in fact, that's an interesting point because I remember, you know, the reason why I like 60 Minutes so much was because 60 Minutes, up until maybe about 10 years ago, I think, politicians could actually buy and sell those stocks themselves before a vote. Yeah. That was actually considered completely legal. 60 Minutes did an expose on this yeah, yeah. to the point where they actually had to change the laws around this. But the laws they changed said that the politicians themselves could not buy and sell a stock, but their family members could. So this is why when you said Nancy Pelosi's husband or yeah. whatever, they're actually following the laws, but the law is dirty. Yeah, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. again, granted, this you would be under heavy investigation for yes, security Yes, you would. It'd be insider frauds, trading. Right? Yeah. And essentially... This is why people are politicians, though. But Hold on, bingo. Because but, of all that side money they make. Okay. That's why bingo, I never wanted to get into it. This is what I'm trying to say. So Nancy Pelosi's going to get away with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they didn't break any laws. Of course, they're going to get away with it. They did not break any laws. Well, it's it's a fucked no, 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 up no, no, law. No, 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 no. But they didn't technically break no, any no. laws. It's, it's it's they didn't break any laws that could be proven. But you're telling me that Nancy no, 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 Pelosi no, no. knows what, what I'm saying is that that's actually legal. No, no, no. No, it's, yeah. it's not the fact that he, he could um, buy those uh, uh, um, stocks. Yeah, he could. She could tell him we're going to have a vote tomorrow, and it's probably going to pass based on everyone I've spoken to. Sell this stock because no, it's going to cause the stock to drop, and that's what I'm saying. It's, no, it's, she, it's, he can't use any information given to him by his wife, who's voting on the shit. Yes, he can. That's the whole point. It's it's a fucked up law, but he's actually being he's working within the confines of the law. It's a fucked up law. He can't go to someone who works at that company and they tell him, we're about to announce our, our earnings tomorrow and our, our profits have dropped drastically. So sell before we do that. Now, if the person at the company tells him that, then that's insider trading. But a politician, okay, so, all right, all right, but a politician voting on a law that will in turn affect the stock price of a certain company that's covered within that law okay. is actually legal is, when it's a relative. Isn't that fucked up, though? Completely fucked up. Isn't that up. fucked up? Completely that fucked you have up. The, your, totally your government fucked up. officials yes. who are now incentivized by their yes. own pockets to make shit go into yes. legislation. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like it's fucked up. No argument there. Every politician, yeah. like, I'm, I remember when, when even, like, you know, Brock, that's my guy. But, like, shit, when he went into office, like, his net worth going in and coming out, you're like, ain't these motherfuckers only getting paid 400000 a year? How the fuck this guy? But in reality, that's such a power play. And being the figurehead of these things, I think everyone sets into into law or, or figures way to work around shit. And I just think that Trump is no different. I think... I think if this happens, it would make for things like obviously we just agreed that um, the Nancy Pelosi thing isn't a crime, 
But it's well, really it's, 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 not, it's, it's shady business. It's shady it business. Shady. Well, it's, Super it's shady, shady business. business, but the reality is, is that if you work within the confines of how the laws are made and you somehow benefit from that, yes, people are going to look at it and say, oh, it's unscrupulous or whatever else. But if you work within the laws, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people were, were criticizing. What, they're doing that to Trump now, though, because, because they said Trump values some of his properties a certain amount. Right. All finessing. It's the same thing he did with Atlantic City. Like, you know right. what I mean? Basically, he played a money game down there, Chapter 11. Yep. But, so, I guess my my only point is this. Um, these politicians are all playing these games, mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of, it's just watching this politics as usual. It's kind of like a handshake and a head but, nod. But isn't that sort of a good thing? If this Trump situation puts a microscope on what these politicians do that's relatively sideways and causes the laws to change for everyone, for all the politicians, ultimately the American people will benefit from it. I would agree if they're applying the law uniformly. They will. Make believe, you know, best believe when the Republicans are in office, they're the saying. same fuck shit no, no, hold on. what the Democrats are doing no, right no, now. If that's what it is, that's not good. Because now, y'all just beefing. Like, oh, like they weren't beefing before? Like yeah, they were all getting but, along? But now y'all are beefing with the with the cost or, or, or the casualty of the beef being incarceration of your fucking opponent. Nothing will happen. But he's, he's stealing records and he's signing off and saying that he didn't steal them. And then what did he do? He said, oh, I declassified everything before I left. His own lawyers wouldn't put that shit in the paperwork. But Vlad, if you look back in history, this is all I'm saying. If okay. you look back in history, in the worst of times when people used to seize power, they used to behead and kill the motherfuckers who lost, okay? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, okay, you won. We'll try to come back again. So I'm saying we're inching towards certain shit like that when you're like, okay, we're in power, so you're going to jail. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not saying people are going to be getting beheaded, but back in ancient days when you took power, you had to kill the loser. Well, in ancient days when... Uh certain candidates lost, they had military coups that would just take over that is the government too. and make themselves king, which is kind of, kind of what almost happened on January 6th. It's if you think about it, right? He was losing. Whoever, he, knew, he knew he was losing. So suddenly... You know, he incited his his you know uh, inbred followers to go and storm the Capitol building, uh, beat up a bunch of cops. You know, one person got shot and killed in the process. Who was that? That woman. Oh, like as was it a cop? No, it was it was one of Trump supporters. She oh, got shot by a cop. Casualty war. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> bunch of people. One guy got like ten years, I think. You know, yeah. a bunch of bunch of people went to prison over that shit. Mike Pence thought he was going to get killed. You know, no, remember that whole situation? No, no, I ain't gonna lie. My pants don't even fuck with Trump like that. But anyway, exactly. I don't get too political on here. Hey, did you? See, I, I want to know um, because, by the way, fire kicks. This is Versace, ain't it? No, these are these are um, Supreme was, foam posits. Oh, word! I thought it was like some Versace collab type shit. No, it's not even a Versace collab. These came out like I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago. But yeah, yeah these are actually Supreme Supreme uh, foam posits. Collab they did with Nike. Your sneakerhead. You used to have the, the whole sneaker page. Yeah, sneaker watch. Shit. Hey. What do you think about this whole, and maybe you could explain a little bit more to me, um, the Kanye and, and um, Adidas situation. It yeah. looks like, this is what I, I, I think I know. He brings the design to the company. He's like, yo, these are the new 
Yeezy designs, which mm-hmm. by the way, they always look funky, but they always wear comfortably. Yeah, I got a lot of Yeezys. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, what are you doing to his shoes? But like, it feels <laughs> like you're walking on clouds. Yeah. And for people who have either feet problem or whatever, which is a lot of Americans, <clears throat> it's good. Yeah. So, so once he could make the ugly part look fashionable, it's like a win. Mm-hmm. But now Adidas is like, well, you're not releasing as much as we would want to release to turn over the profit we want to turn over. We're fucking just going to do the Adidas version just without your name, but we're going to use the kind of the same design specs type of shit. Do you think Kanye be wilding out about that? Or is that like, what's your thoughts? Oh, okay. So, so the interview's not out yet, but yesterday I interviewed uh, Jay Alexander, one of the co-founders of FUBU. Mm. And I, I asked him this exact same question. Yeah. And what he said was, was there's a very interesting answer. Cause this is a guy that really, you know, he knows better than you and I, mm. this is a guy that, you know, was making 350 million a year selling clothes. Yeah. Right. He, he knows better than us. What he said was this. He said, when it comes to fashion, you really can't copyright very much shit. Like a shirt is a shirt, jeans are jeans, shoes are shoes to a certain degree. So once you put a certain thing out there, really everyone's going to copy it. And that's just the reality of fashion. You could try to get a worldwide patent and stuff like that, which is extremely expensive and very hard to do. But like, for example, like certain things, like, like you could create your own Chuck Taylors. Like that, that, that shoe is basically public domain at this point, that design. You could make your own Chuck Taylor. Lots of companies make Chuck Taylor looking shoes. Just without their logo. Just without their logo, of course. Mm. You know, I mean, like you could actually do that. How many times... You know, do you see other companies that make Yeezys, make, you know, Skechers has shoes that kind of look like Yeezys, right? So the reality is, and he told me this flat out, what Adidas is doing is completely and totally 100% legal. Mm. Completely. But it's in poor taste. It's in somewhat poor taste. I get that part. But it's totally legal, really? which is why Kanye is trying to fight this with the public. Yeah, he's trying to do what Dave Chappelle did to Netflix. Exactly. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying he's to get work, the though. public behind it. It may work. It may not work. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, he, now he's getting Swizz and Puffy and everyone else. I think the culture him. is going to band together to, to affect their bottom line. And I think what's going to happen, they're going to come to some compromise with them. Possibly. Or Adidas could just say... You know something? These shoes that we're making that kind of look like Yeezys are actually outselling the Yeezys. So, oh, so it's drop yay. Or you could stay or you could not stay. It is what it is. Like, you know, cultural cultural currency and cultural cap- capital, like, I don't think they want. Um, they, they probably don't, but you also have to understand this is something that, that Jay also mentioned to me is that Kanye has a very loud voice. Adidas doesn't have a voice at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, which I think is a problem. What do you mean? I personally feel that in situations like this, the CEO or someone who's very high up, who's who's going to be the spokesman for Adidas, should speak up and be like, "That's you know, why I hate big corporations. Um, they don't speak." I remember. Should I remember when Joe Budden was saying all that shit about Complex? Granted, I'm not Complex, but I got a show at Complex. Our show is being hit directly, right? And, uh, let me let me say and this. I, and I said, I said to, to, to Complex, I said, "Hey, could someone say something? Because he's saying y'all offered him like a slave contract. Could you? Could somebody speak up? Nobody wants to speak up. Crickets. 
Yeah, and remember, what was it? Joe claimed that uh, Rich Antonello used the N-word around him or something yeah. like that. That's such bullshit. Like, I never like, asked Rich about that. Man, but I don't think he would tell me yes I, if he did. I, man, listen, I have known Rich. Rich has been my business partner for 15 years at this point. I have been. By the way, me and Joe have talked a lot about um, Complex. I never heard that claim till then. To exactly. Be I have been around Rich for 15 years. I still have a good relationship with him. If I hit him, if I need to get him on the phone, I can get him on the phone the same day, even though he's a yeah, much yeah. bigger entity right now, um, you know, with BuzzFeed and now being part of a public company and everything else like that. I have never heard anything remotely racist come out of his mouth. Remote. And if you think that he'd be kind of racist, it'd probably be around a white guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really think but about I admit, it. The niggas are out of the room. Yo, right. Vlad, man. You really, you, really think, you really think that the president of Complex is going to say the N-word around a black guy? Yeah, well, like, like Joe Budden? Like, like do, you really, do you really think that that's a reasonable and, statement? And by the way, I'm a, I'm a, do you really think that that's a reasonable statement? I'm going to keep it real with you, right? All my interactions with Rich were always very positive. Yes. It never ever felt racist. Right. However, when Joe said it, I felt like I couldn't even give a retort because it's kind of like, yo, well, he's, Joe is saying it's sticking up for for, for you too because you're a black guy. So I'm like, because I'm thinking like, nah, this ain't really happened, did it? And, and um, like my gut, I feel like it didn't happen. But um, I, I, I completely like, like I'm, I'm I not have gonna, like, no inkling like, what's like, I, I've been around this guy like, so often we've had so he we've had so many long conversations we've gone out for drinks together i've hung out in his office for hours like we talk on a throughout the year we, we talk every, every year i've known him for 15 years we've talked throughout the year i've never gotten that inkling from him at all not even a little tiny bit i, I think the so to put it into context and everyone might be saying what what are y'all talking about right um joe said that he overheard a conversation where Rich Antonelli um, of Complex, now Complex along with BuzzFeed, basically, who's was the CEO of the company, basically said, hey, we're not making as much money or either we can't sell ads for everyday struggle because they're niggers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, okay. that sounds crazy. Okay. Now, granted, granted, I'm going to be honest with you. I would be shocked if he said like the N words like that because obviously that's racist. But if a reasonable conversation was like, "Hey, listen, we're having a hard time selling ads for this show because it's a urban show that's kind of like unscripted." Yeah, that's a very those those conversations happened at Complex. Now I've never seen it was mostly niggas that worked there, so like there wasn't there's was only like one whitewash show which was the not whitewash but like suits my guy sean evans who does hot ones so yeah. like, i just can't imagine you work at complex and you're like throwing that word out in a very racist format right i think joe's a liar when it comes to that yeah. I, I just think he's a liar i'm, I'm gonna say Did that the rich ever speak on no i follow him on twitter still yeah of course he wouldn't because because it's a it's, it's a ludicrous, eh? Yeah, because that, that that'll somehow start a whole a whole fucking conversation over this bullshit. You yeah, know, so but, but, I, I'll speak I'll speak on his behalf. Honestly, like 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 I'm saying, like it's bullshit, unless he could produce a tape, produce produce a tape, Joe. Yo, and and, I, and I'll believe you at that point. But I, I have absolutely none of that, none of that at all. And I just I just don't believe it. And and quite honestly, I've talked to some of the the higher ups at uh, at Complex. And they've broken down 
everyday struggle to me and they showed me how it just simply was not a profitable show. Was it a, you know, culturally significant show? Absolutely. But it was yeah. not a profitable show. When you look at what it costs to create that show, uh, paying you, paying Joe, paying Nadeska, paying the staff, whatever else, there wasn't any um, product placement. Yeah, there wasn't no, any sponsorship, none of that, none of everything else like that. Primarily the views came from YouTube. Yeah. Do the fucking numbers. Do the numbers and you'll see it just simply wasn't a profitable show. So when Joe tried to ask for way more money, they were like, we can't do it. Which, which I will say though, because I like to be fair, um, because I remember saying that to Joe too, because we would have these talks, and and, and yeah. he would point out, which I do think is a very, a very correct point to make. That show was a was a two million dollars a year investment they were making, right? However, it was driving up the value of Complex, who they were number one. Um, they were owned by Verizon Hearst, right? Right. But also looking at other possible situations to either sell and for Verizon and Hertz looking at it, if that brand is more valuable, what we get for selling later is more money. So okay. th 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 that was always a conversation where it's like, damn, well, how could you ask for a raise or ask for a certain amount of money if they're not making money? But, but it's like, well, what's the value of if I come near a company and in six months, I just drove up your subscriptions from 1 million to 2 million single-handedly, right? Or at least primarily because you're averaging about 20,000 20, um, subs a month. Right. We get there 150, 150. So okay. again, but but let, let me just talk about this real quick. Yeah. From the outside looking in, a million subscribers seems like a big deal. But in reality, a million subscribers doesn't actually move the needle all that much on total views. Because your subscribers are not always, you know, usually the minority of the people that are actually watching the content. Usually the content is viewed because of YouTube search algorithm, the feed, the homepage, yeah. everything else like that. The subscribers are usually with us like maybe 30%. So so having a million just sounds good on paper, but, but in but terms but of it, business and money, doesn't necessarily translate it makes it into more a million dollars. It makes, well, not into, well, it just makes it more valuable. So like, for example, Obviously, which now they're part of BuzzFeed. When yeah. thinking about how that deal was going to go, I'm pretty sure BuzzFeed said, okay, well, itemize all your valuable assets. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how many Twitter accounts do you have? How many this? Okay, how many channels do you have producing what amount of views and how many people would we attain if we got it? So I think Joe saw that play and he was marketing or looking at himself like, well, if I'm driving up your value, don't tell me about you're losing money because you're you're investing money to drive up the value, not to try to get a return. Like they, they would do branded shows, for example, right? I, I did like shit, uh, a series I had on the sticks was all, all branded. Like Microsoft paid a shit ton of money for that. Mm -hmm. We're profitable before we even shoot a thing. Right. But the contract sign, it, we're already profitable. However, that's not going to move the needle either culturally or kind of just move the needle overall, which everyday struggle was. So it's an investment. You know, it's it's like running an ad on, on a video you, you could know uh, might draw in a bunch of other people, but maybe you're not making the most on that video. Yeah, I mean, you could view it that way. And in your head, you could think, well, y'all are doing this, so I deserve an extra $5 million. But at the end of the day, 
it still is just a business and it comes down to the profits and losses. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we, we pay for a lot of interviews and ultimately when we get together with people, it's like, all right, we could offer this much. Sometimes they come back with some astronomical number, you know, and I'll be like, all right, me being 15 years in the game, I could look at an interview and say, okay, it's going to get, this is probably 5 million views. This is probably 10 million views. This is maybe 20 million views. You know, based on the CPM rates, I could do a calculation. I could say, okay, cool. Like off this, I'll make, you know, let's say $20,000. If they're asking for $100,000, there's no way I could do it. Yeah. I'm going to be 80,000 in the hole in a best case scenario. So why would I do it? Why would I do it? Now you could say, well, culturally, this is going to make me look bigger and whatever else. And yeah, that plays into the calculation, but is it a minus $80,000 calculation? And a lot of times it isn't. You know, you ultimately are doing things to earn money with it, at least to break even. You know, in my mind as a business person, I'm thinking of a break even point. Like if we could break even within a reasonable amount of time, even if it's a year or two, then that's cool with me. That's how the film companies work, you know, also like when they invest $100 million into a film, they know they may not earn that back in the first year. It might take them 10 years to earn that back, but eventually they'll earn that back and they're you know, increasing their intellectual property and building their catalog and everything else like that. But I don't think too many film companies would make a $100 million film knowing that maximum they'll make is $10 million off of it. That's true. That wouldn't be the overall business model. No, it wouldn't. Now, now having... Now, if the film will, wins an Oscar and they think it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I mean, I remember talking to, to Van Lathan because, you know, he had a, a short film that, that won an Oscar. And, and he was. It was an Oscar Emmy. Oscar. Oh, shit. It was an Oscar because it was a film. It was a short film. It was the one with uh, Joey, Bo- Joey Badass. Mm. You watched it? Nah. <clears throat> it was kind of like a Groundhog Day. Yeah, no, no. He, he uh, talked about it on um right. episode before. So he told me the steps that went into this film and, and kind of where it went and stuff like that. Originally it was shot independently. They made it. Netflix was moderately interested in it, but it wasn't until they got this other guy involved in it who has like 15 Oscars under his belt yeah. as, as one of the executive producers, I believe. And he got behind it. And then like Puffy got behind it. And then it became nominated for an Oscar and it looked like he was about to win an Oscar it was like, oh, okay, now Netflix upped that price significantly because Netflix just wanted to have another Oscar under their belt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to them, an Oscar has a value to it, and that value was what they offered to them that they ultimately accepted. Yeah. So there's that part. But if you don't give a shit about an Oscar and you're just running it like a regular, you know, ones and zeros, you know, profit and loss kind of business that film probably would not have been a good investment for any other film company, you know, that doesn't care about Oscars because a short film like that, you know, it it kind of like, it's not like that film probably made back what they invested into it. It would have been a loss for any any other company outside of like an Amazon or a Netflix or anything else like that. So there there are other factors and a lot of times, when you're on the other side, when you're the content creator, you, you somehow, you sometimes overvalue yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, y'all gonna make all this money, y'all gonna own it forever, and y'all blah, blah, I want $100 million. Yeah. You could want that. Doesn't mean you're gonna get it. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, well, 
you know, the, that period was an interesting period. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, oh, and, and I like the show, by the way, man. You know, no, 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 congrats, no. Of course, it was good. And by the way, like you see, it, over time, I, I never really. I think Joe has his way of negotiating, and it's not my place to to tell him how he should or how he should see value. Mm-hmm. And there's certain places we agree and we disagree. Um, my own my only <clears> thing <throat> was once he went public, and I'm still on the show. You get me? So yeah. now he's like, "Yo, yeah, man, fuck complex." And I'm like, damn, everybody now is just saying fuck the show by, you know, uh, association. So it's one of those things that I've always thought that the CEO sometimes of companies, I'm like, man, grow a pair of balls, man. Like, like that's what I like about uh, um, do that bar stools. Dave Portnoy. Oh, he responds? What? <laughs> Yo, he's on everybody's ass. Like, there was some chick who claimed he did, like, some weird stuff. And, like, you know, because, oh, no, she was trying to, ex- uh, I don't want to say it incorrectly, but basically he's into some freaky shit, right? And some of this stuff was taped, right? And like, oh. like, like some really kinky bullshit. Anyway, um, she also made some allegations on him. He had a bunch of like messages to basically debunk all these things. Mm. So it was a long ass article that came <clears throat> out. It felt like a hit piece, okay. right? He came out on a video for two hours. I think it was like an hour, two hours. He sat there, went through every single line, showed every proof that he had. And obviously a lawyer or someone would probably like, do not do that. But I respected that he did that. You know why? Not scripted. You seem like a human. And a lot of times with these companies, it's easy to get Kanye's side. Bro, like Adidas just seem like evil. Like you don't even know who works there. You know what I mean? So it's like when Kanye's putting up these people, like you're, you feel empathetic for him. Like I heard that about the even Dave Chappelle, right? People said that whatever that happened with Dave Chappelle and Comedy Central, Comedy Central was 100% right. Like, they did nothing wrong. Yeah, they, I, I actually agree. I, in that particular situation, I actually sided with Comedy Central. Well, well apparently, yeah, they had I thought, I thought what Dave did was just, was just basically public bullying, you know, yeah, to, get, to get what he wants. I, I heard they offered him, like, yo, bro, you could get, um, you could get the, uh, you could get ownership if you cared about it then. I heard he turned it down. Yeah. You get me? Now, now later on, of course he wants it. If I could have a contract that works both ways is my favorite. Right. <laughs> give me the money now. And then later on, when I've realized that this thing is a cultural phenomenon and now everybody wants wants to like license it later because there's a new generation never seen it, I want to own it now. What do you I mean, mean? I mean, listen, this was some of my fallout with Little B at one point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and me and him are cool now, so it's not like this is like an ongoing beef or anything, but like, in the beginning of Vlad TV, I was the first person to really fuck with Lil B because I'm like, oh, he's from the Bay, he's making noise. And I'm yeah. like, yo, um, if you like, I could upload your music videos to my channel. He's like, oh yeah, cool, absolutely. So I just told my staff whenever he drops a music video to upload the video, right? It's all public, you know, everyone knows about it and so forth. Some of the videos became, well, one video in particular, Wonton Soup, became his biggest video ever. And then, you know, years later, we had a conversation. He was like, yo, you made all this money with these music videos. Like, where's my cut? And I'm like, we never made an agreement over this. You told me to put this shit up, which we did. And in turn, we really pushed you a lot. Like, we mentioned you in lots of interviews and blah, 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 but... If you want to create a new deal moving forward, we could discuss it, but we're not going to, you're not going to turn around and say, oh, okay, 
now all this past stuff with no agreement, I want, you need to, to chip me off. I just don't do business like that with anybody, with anybody. Like I feel this that's was like- early because these days, even if you have the video, the music video on your page, they're taking a monetization. Right. But, but the thing is Lil B never monetized anything. Oh, okay, okay. It was independent. He's just yeah. not, he's just not, you know, focused on the business of music, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He's just focused on creating stuff and he never goes on tour. He doesn't sell merch. Like, he's just sort of like a, a unique figure in, in, in hip hop, right? So he was like, nah, you know, he's like, yo, but you know, you're supposed to chip someone off. If you do, I'm like, look, bro, if you have a problem with, we could take the, the videos down at any point, if that's what you want. These are your videos. So if you say you don't want them on my platform anymore, just let me know because I don't want them on your platform anymore. No problem. Delete. That's what he said? He didn't yeah, want them? He didn't want them. So if you look, there's not a single video on, there's not a single little B music video on our YouTube channel for years and years and years now. But that you was his delete choice. Them or like you like no, I, no, I deleted them. Private them right? no, I deleted them. Delete them fully? Fully. What the fuck? But that's what he asked me to do. And it's his shit. Oh, I'm going to respect your, it's your property. So I'm going to respect your property and I'm going to delete it all. Those were his biggest music videos. He's none of his music videos since then have gotten these types of heights. I think that in turn really hurt him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, like he just lost all of the visibility. How much money were the videos making? Not very much. It was like oh. maybe a few thousand dollars. I, I actually even did a calculation. I'm like, it's not even that much. It was maybe. Oh, like, I thought you were making hundreds of no, thousands. No, no. It was maybe like 10,000 or something over time. Because yeah. it's like the music videos themselves don't monetize at very high rates and so forth. But like, it wasn't that much. And yeah, I just took that shit down. And that, that was the end of that. But like, my thing is like, people, unless people are financially doing extremely well on your caliber, They'll see you do something, do well with it, and then say, yo, why don't you chip me off now? Even though there's no agreement for yeah. that kind of thing. You make an agreement for one thing, you, you know, you, they watch you surpass what your goals were with that thing, what they thought would happen with that thing. And now they feel like you owe them something. Yeah. And that's just not me. And that's just not most of legitimate business. So, yeah. so. With me, the Chappelle thing is kind of like that. I signed this deal with Comedy Central to do this. Yeah. We, I was paid millions of dollars to do this show. I quit the show at one point in the middle of like the last season. The show became a cultural phenomenon, which ultimately you got to think that without that show, Dave Chappelle would not be who he is now. True. At all. At all. Killing Me Softly was a good stand-up. Yeah, you saw him occasionally in movies here and there, but that show, especially because of Charlie Murphy. His career primarily is Is still running. I feel that Chappelle's that career- show, and There's two or three stand-ups. Like, his acting, like- uh, It's not, it's not, yeah, it wasn't significant. But that show, the Rick James episode, the, the Prince episode, those two episodes in particular catapulted him- to a fan base that he still enjoys today. There would not have been a Netflix deal if there was no Chappelle show. So at the end of the day- Of that magnitude. Because of that, that magnitude. His stand-up is pretty good though. It is very good. 
but he wouldn't have gotten like whatever a uh, hundred yeah, yeah. million dollar deal from yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for the the cultural significance of the Chappelle show and how people just love those clips. They still love on Charlie Murphy. Like you can still say lines from the shit. Uh, you know, Rick James got thrown back. Like I mean, shit. Nicki Minaj's new single is sampling Rick James. You, it, it all it all sort of flows together. I but think there's certain creators in the space that feel that they are that good or culturally important that fuck a contract. Yeah. I remember I talked to Joe. Joe actually believes he's one of those people. Exactly. I also tell Joe, I'm like, Joe, if, if, if that would work if you could get people to, people, I think people are going to boycott Netflix a bit. Or not Netflix, but boycott the show on Netflix, which Netflix realized, okay, this is a waste of time. Comedy Central realized, well, we can't sell it if this guy is basically now put a public statement. But it's only you have to be that rarefied. So you have to be Kanye West, which I think is going to work. It's yeah. going to work. Kanye, you got to be Kanye West, who has who's the loudest voice in hip hop, right? And also one of the biggest like creators when it comes to like you know making stuff like that. And also Dave Chappelle. I don't think it works for everybody. I don't think LeBron. I think if LeBron tried that, they have they have to get the fuck out of the league. I also think it works when you have what I feel is weak leadership on the other side. What if you mean? have someone that says, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I don't give a lose. fuck. You're going to lose money. Like, like, again. In the short term. Yes. Like, for example, the NFL said, oh, wow, Kaepernick is making all this noise and all these people are rallying behind him, these man of the year and whatever else. NFL said, we don't give a fuck. We will still be here after all of us are dead. We have a long-term plan in what we're doing. We've been around for whatever, 70 years. We're going to be around for an extra 500 years. Yeah, they were trying years. to get the NFL the fuck out of he here. He was trying to get them to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like people are watching shows less, you know what I mean? We're watching games a lot less. Like, it was like they're, they're, everything was dropping. Oh, the NFL is over. People are taking knees at the game. It's causing an uproar. The NFL said, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, the NFL, one of those entities, man. And that's what and I'm not. saying. If Adidas was one of those entities, like the NFL, that said, throw your temper tantrums all you want. We are around the before NBA you were born. The NBA suffered from that shit because they just started. It just started because in reality, nobody really wanted to hear this, but people do not show up to no basketball games or football games to watch political statements. Mm. And like, like, listen, we get it. We get it, brother. But at the end of the day, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're like, motherfucker, I'm trying to get to the playoffs right. because I got this Cowboy tattoo on my thigh. Like, right. okay, we don't give a fuck about this other stuff going on. And the NFL was the only place where, you know, at least the majority of their messaging was, yeah, we don't give a fuck about that shit. Now. <laughs> and then what do they do the next year? They got Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, <laughs> to and, then, the Super Bowl. And, then, and then they just they, they <laughs> and ushered, wanted Emmy for it. The, these <laughs> this small market share that they did lose, they just brought Jay Z on board. You know what I mean? Gave him a sweetheart deal, and then fucking there you go. And he, and he brought yeah. he brought Dr. Dre, who then brought Snoop, Eminem, Fifty Cent, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, game and match. <laughs> you know, ultimately the NFL won that because the NFL said. We are not going to bow down to this. We are not going to go along with this. We are going to stand firm in what we believe. I'm not saying what they're, what they're doing was right. I'm just saying that from when, when stepping back, you get, to see, you get to see how different entities operate 
the when, NFL's when, a whole when, different when beast. Faced with being canceled and adversity and so forth. They're a whole different beast. I, these days, what's happening now, like, there's probably going to be a lockout the next time the, the NBA goes to a collecting collective bargaining um, agreement, right? When, so that, well, yeah. most likely, because right now the players have all the power, but they're abusing it. So, for example, the players are like, we don't want to play half the season, too many games. Like, people are just, like, doing whatever they want. In the NFL, they're like, bitch, your contract is not guaranteed, okay? Right. We could kick you out when we cut you and we pay a small hit on the contract you signed that you were running all over the place thinking you were about to get $100 million. We'll get you the fuck one out of here. Because of that, you don't see those NFL players acting up like, and if they do, they end up being Antonio Brown. And also, like, even with Colin Kaepernick, they're like, bro, we're not about to call you back. The hell? Go away. Yeah. Like, Kaepernick is never going to play again for the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. guarantee you that. Yeah, I can guarantee. I, I remember there was a whole thing where I interviewed Warren Sapp, where, uh, remember uh, Kaepernick uh, had a tryout for the, the Raiders? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> like, Warren Sapp said that that was one of the, he heard, because he used to be on the Raiders himself. Yeah. He was told from an insider that it was one of the worst workouts ever. It was a disaster. Man, why? Who's a trash now? That's what, that's what Warren Sapp heard. This guy's so big that Kaepernick's representative, whatever agent, responded saying that, you know, Warren Sapp is a, is a loser and, you know, he lost his job as an analyst and now he's doing interviews and he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, whatever else. You could say that and that's all good, but the reality is, is that Kaepernick tried out and did not get a job afterwards when there was an open position. That's why he tried out. Yeah, yeah, they're not fucking with him. He did not get the job <clears throat> because he couldn't make the, make the grade. And yeah, that's and that's it. it. And that was the end of that. So you could say that Warren Sapp is a hater or whatever else, but your client didn't get a job. He's still unemployed. Yeah, the, it is what it is. NFL is pretty one way with it, which mm -hmm. I, I think I think even certain corporations though, um, they're slowly starting to kind of. And you tell me if you think this is like being strong with leadership, like even stand up to cancel culture a little bit. I, I think. If it wasn't for if it wasn't Netflix, and by the way, I think they did a very careful financial, you know, analyzation, and they're like, "Yo, well, we don't give a fuck about Dave Spell that much, but if he's going to bring us more money than the people who are trying to cancel him would in the next eighteen months, mm -hmm. we're not dropping him, yeah. despite what he what you said he said, right? But I guarantee, if there was so much numbers that they either lost or was set to gain, if they got rid of them, they would have." Maybe, yeah. It's a business business decision. At the end of the day, these are public companies. They are run by the shareholders. Yeah. If people keep losing money in their stocks year after year, people are going to start getting fired. They're going to have to change CEOs. <laughs> you yeah. know, like managers are going to lose their jobs. At the end of the day, it, it is about business. And yeah, sometimes you make business decisions and it seems like you're being intimidated, but actually it's just a better business decision. Yeah, most things in life are business decisions. I just yeah. heard some shit about it since, you know, we both were in music. Um, like Atlantic dropping artists left and right. Mm -hmm. um, couple of notorious artists about to come up. Allegedly, they might not get re-signed by Atlantic. Like Kodak. Kodak's about to be a free agent. Okay. They're going to let him potentially walk. They let Meek Mill walk. They let P&B Rock walk. Young boy. 
Yes. Young Boy's Atlantic, right? Well, he just left. Exactly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. What people don't know, huge financial situation happening there. They're not down to spend wild amount of money to keep especially artists who they don't think are completely on the incline. And it's, and, and, and it's not even that any of those artists I mentioned aren't on the incline. They want quick return on investments mm. and they don't want to go in debt. Apparently, um, Atlantic, owned by Warner, went public two years ago. They, um, especially uh, all the, the, the top the top people at at um, Atlantic, their their shares about to mature, whatever it is. So they're all cashing out with like $100 million. So all of them executives about to cash out. However, what's been important is being able to show that since um, y'all went public, it's profitable. So what they're doing is they're firing a lot of people. They're stopped making as much investments in certain artists. And they're just living off catalog, which is easy cash. Right. Why? Because it's going to come out when these quarterly or, you know, yearly fiscal earnings get reported. Oh, they're doing better year over year because they just cut costs and they're down to let rappers go. And I'm like, yo, it's business. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure people like without that type of business um, understanding to it, probably like, well, what's going on? Yeah, they probably don't want to give Meek Mill another 30, 40 million dollars. With then thinking that, oh, we're going to have to wait this amount of time to possibly recoup. They want quick recouping right now, which is catalog shit. And and to me, like really from from the outside looking in, I've always focused on the people who are giving the money out and not the people who are getting it. Like these are all loans. Yeah. Like Meek Mill doesn't have $30 million cash, no strings attached. If you're talking about that amount of money, they don't just give it to them and say, cool, now from now on, now we're 50-50 partners. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we're going to recoup all that money as well as anything else that we may spend along the way. And after all that's recouped, then you might see some money afterwards. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And we got some real creative accounting here to even make sure you don't see nothing. Of course. You know, a lot of times we signed that deal, and and, and I, listen, I've I've been in the you know I've done documentaries. I see how the shit works. You get your fucking advance, that's it. And then they tell you they don't recoup, and then you go on to your next job or you get your next advance. And I'm like, I'm not playing this game. This is why I started my YouTube channel. So it's like we got offered seven and a half million to uh, to license, well, to 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 basically sell the monetization for our our YouTube catalog for a certain amount of time. Yeah. When I ran the numbers, I'm like, y'all are taking like 25% of my fucking revenue by do, by giving us this upfront money. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I just said, we're cool. Like we spent a long time getting to this point, but when I finally ran it, I'm like, why did I give 25% for this money? And they were, they were owner for like 10 years, right? No, it was maybe, it was less than that. It was like okay. maybe, maybe like, like four or five years or something like that. But it's funny. They came back and they're like, yo, we could double that offer. I'm gonna give you 15 million. And I'm like, once again, I don't, I don't need it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like y'all are trying to take a big chunk. Like I can get a loan for $15 million and pay like, like whatever, three, 4%. Why, why would I do the same thing and give y'all 25%? Yo, that's why, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see all these artists who are now independent. I want to see how they, 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 how they fare. Because yeah. I heard Meek, I seen Meek tweet. Meek was like, yo, I'm rich already. I got all the money in the world. I don't need a loan. But I don't know if these guys are self-sufficient. You know what I also found out? Motherfucking Bad Bunny. 
Yeah. These Latin artists, they're the ones getting, he's probably getting, oh, well, Drake just signed a new deal. But getting way more money than any anyone in, um like, you know, these U.S. artists, because they're not even signing full record deals. So Bad Bunny's independent. He has a 90-10. Really? Distribution deal. Wow. What happens <clears throat> is in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, these motherfuckers have money. I don't know how, I don't know if it's drugs, or whatever. They got money already. They did all the investment shit there. By the time you're hearing about them in the U.S., when a U.S. label wants to do some shit with them, mm -hmm. they're already starting to stream. And what happens now is, like, they literally just say, we don't need the money. We just need distribution, especially in the U.S. market. They go through, um, they're going through Sony Orchard. Really? 90-10. And I remember. Wait, bad buddies through Orchard? Yes. That's crazy. I remember saying, how the fuck does, is this 90-10 shit happening? And it'd be like. Hey, no, it's, it's literally a, a distro deal um, because, you know, Birdman has 9010. Yeah, exactly. Right? The cash money deal. However, these guys, like, so he's, so Bad Bunny falls under his manager's, like, quote, unquote, label, but they, he's not signed. He's really just, um, they leverage, yeah, they leverage it because there's a bunch of, like, other Latin artists on it, like Arc Angel and all these people, but it's a 9010. All these, which is so funny because the majority of U.S. artists are in full record deals, not distribution deals, full record deals, and they probably get a royalty rate of 15 to 18% on the dollar. You get me? If so, they even get so, that. so 50 I, cents. I mean, from, from what from what I've heard from actual, like, real managers yeah, who, yeah. who really have large rosters of successful artists is everyone signs these 360 deals, but the labels can't actually enforce, like, the, 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 the touring show part of it. They can't run around and figure out who's doing shows where and how much they got paid. It's just impossible. They do at times with bigger artists. Maybe with bigger artists, but with generally with, unless you're talking about two or three artists. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. Usually, usually what, what labels do, like if you're doing a, a one-off shit, nah, they don't give a fuck, right? But like if you announce a tour right after your album. Possibly, possibly. But what I'm saying, but all these artists, like, you know, like, let's say, like, you know, if someone signs Boosie, you mm -hmm. think you're going to keep track of all the shows yeah, Boosie yeah. are doing, find out how much he actually made? No. So what they do is essentially when you sign to a major label, you get to keep all your show money, but they're going to keep all the record money. Yeah. yeah. That's roughly what happens. Now, yeah, yeah. granted, certain artists who really are undeniably are going multi-platinum all the time, yeah, they're going to get a bunch of record money as well. But for most artists... Here's your tour money. This is our record money. We're gonna put. We're gonna make sure you get played on the radio. We're gonna promote it in these types of ways. So you yeah. get to be a bigger entity, which you can then make more show money. And that's pretty much our thing. Let's just all walk away from it and not make too much of a fuss. I hear with Bad Bunny, he gets thirty million dollars advance from the distro company. Remember, it's still ninety Orchard. Yes, thirty million per album, and. He's selling out every arena like four or five nights in a row. Yeah, you, They have this website. You can see how much he's grossing. He's like, it'll gross like $10, 12000000 million for the night. And he walks away with eight to $9 million of that. He's also the biggest artist in the world, essentially, right now. Who's, a bigger, who's, a, bigger, yeah, no, he's who's a bigger artist than Bad Bunny internationally, just as a whole world? I would say he's the biggest active artist. Because I would say Adele, but Adele isn't as active like like yeah. This motherfucker is just yeah the biggest active artist in the world. Who else would you put in that caliber in 2022? Well, well, the reason why I bring it up because I felt like for 
10 years we thought we saw like people compare Drake to like Michael Jackson we're like oh this is the biggest you could get and then we just seen this would you say Bad Bunny is bigger than Drake right now what listen to put in perspective the yearly streaming record so how many streams you get for your music Bad Bunny broke the existing record in July that was from Drake no, he had it. He broke his own record. Oh, he broke his own record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. He completely he out he outstreams Drake in every metric. Like it's it's been years since Drake is um, Drake streams are really good. It's just that this guy is like streaming is still expanded. Like this guy did thirteen billion streams in six months. Sheesh. Like last year. I Sheesh. think Drake did like nine billion. Period. Yeah. You get what I mean? NBA YoungBoy does well too. Yeah, YoungBoy does. Oh yeah, yeah we, we you do have a meeting now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Young YoungBoy does good with good too. Yeah, we, but we, we can do we can do like another. We, we can go into like what is it now? It's one fifty. How about we two ten? How's that? Wait, hold on. Yeah, let, let me see when, when when my call is. So long, you man. Uh, okay, hold on. No, I have a two o'clock call. But you know something, I could. Yeah, I, I got two o'clock calls, so yeah, yeah. I, I could potentially after the call come back if you yeah, want. Yeah. But no, no, we chill, okay, we cool. chill, we chill, we right. chill. We'll always get one of these done. Um, but yeah, so no, it's interesting. By the way, one thing that I've been really um, into as I've gotten more, I always say the veil of the industry because fans really don't know what's going on, is to kind of see just how much money keeps coming into the game. And I feel like we still, I always wonder where the bubble is when it came to streaming era, but we're seeing more and more ridiculous amount of money being just thrown in the air. Yeah, like Joe Rogan getting, I think it was a $200 million deal. Actually. Yeah. It was yeah. more than a hundred million. Yeah, well, I actually thought he got a, a hundred million a year. Oof. I was just doing simple math. I, like I am broke as shit compared to Joe Rogan, man. Like, you know, I got a pocket watch of motherfuckers on Spotify too. I know, right? Uh, um Call Her Daddy got twenty million a year. Who? Call her daddy. So uh um Alexandra Cooper, she, she they were at bar stools and then Spotify brought them over, okay. over here. And what happened was um she, like she it was a duo and the the other girl left. So she took the brand by herself. She got sixty million for three years, so that's twenty million a year. Nice. Joe Rogan is just undoubtedly. I think Joe Rogan is, is twice as big as number two on the platform. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he got Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> on his show. Like he got Elon Musk comes to his show. So, Dave so Chappelle I, comes to. His so show. I'm giving a five time multiplier. So I'm like, yeah, well, if she got twenty million, he's getting hundred million a year. Yeah, man. Joe Joe's a beast, man. Uh, Joe's a beast and continues to be a beast. They try to cancel him. He kept going. Yeah, yeah they tried. Hey, yo, real quick. Did you see the whole thing with, um? oh, man, Moneybag Yo and Ari took the car back, man? They said it wasn't true. Well, she said it wasn't true. Well, well, he didn't necessarily take it back. He just left it with the payments. <laughs> I guess that's what it is, which is like, you know, I guess it defeats. Okay. To me, I kind of like it's, it defeats the purpose a little bit of like gifts. Like if I got you a gift and I'm like, yo, Yo, Vlad, yo, here's this gift that's yours. And th- and literally, I only made a down payment. And I see, like, fans, like, you know, fans are obviously going to, they're latching on to, like, repossess and shit like that. But, like, you get to realize how fake the music business is. It's like people are buying each other gifts that's not necessarily paid for or they're giving you, it's just fake, bro. Yeah, but who really buys people $200,000 gifts that isn't, like, their wife 
Like, you know, or the mother of their kids. Well, rap would have you thinking that it just happens all the it's time. Just, but it, it, it just doesn't. It, it just doesn't. Well, I like what Quavo did with Sweetie. Is, I, I would take my shit back, too. Take that shit back. Like, I would even buy some. First, it would be my name. You know what I mean? It would be like Blueface and Krishan Rock. Like, you know what I mean? She tried to take the car. You call the cops and be like, tell Onstar to shut that bitch off. Right. And bring Ooh. my shit back. <laughs> bring my shit back, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, listen, like, at the end of the day, they're boyfriend, girlfriend. She got a kid. He got a bunch of kids. They don't have any kids together. Money so, back, your benefit off that relationship. Clouded up, man. They both kind of did, didn't they? They both did. Um, she yeah, was yeah, yeah. she was G before Money Bag Yo. She was G Herbo's baby mother. Well, the only thing with that is that like she, again, this is the effect of Shade Room. She has like a legion of women who relate to her in her, her hurt and also her being a single baby mama. Mm -hmm. She's like their voice. So like uh, um, Money Bag Yo disproportionately, I believe benefited because he got that audience to now start fucking with his music. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, these days, I see a lot of artists, like Fabio Ford and Melorax, mm -hmm. completely for the internet. Like, that's a, like, I remember back in the day, uh, not back in the day, but like a couple years ago, uh, Lil Xan, and he admitted that he got with uh, Miley Cyrus's sister, Noah Cyrus, mm -hmm. and basically he said the label put that together. We're seeing this happen with everybody. Like, most of these relationships, 90% of them are fake. 90%? 90%. Really? No, they might be fucking. They might be, they might be fucking. No, no, no. So it's not fake? No, it is fake. Like, if they're is, fucking, it's not fake. No, no, but they're not in a real relationship. It's 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 just for the look. Okay. But well, maybe we'll fuck that's, that's not together. You know what I mean? So all these artists fuck each other. Some do, what? some don't. So, so, so some do, some don't. I mean, look, when you have two people that are suddenly co-promoting each other who are big entities in their own right is, is always going to help. Like, you could say that Jay extremely benefited off Beyonce and Beyonce also benefited off of Jay. Uh, Swizz benefited off of Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys... No, no, no. I, I want to go... Benefited off of Swizz to a certain degree. I mean, it, it, the, it goes on and on and Those on. Those are different only because I think... They're married? Uh, no, well... At the point in their career when it was known that they were together, I think the ship already was sailed in the other person's popularity. Like Jay Z was the guy. You get me? It wasn't like a he was the guy, artist, yeah, right? He was the guy. But when you look at what he started doing after Beyonce, because because the thing is, he was the guy, but he was still the quote unquote gangster rapper. He okay. was still the quote unquote ex, ex drug dealer, the quote unquote whatever. She softened up his image. Okay, and she made him palatable to mainstream America and, and so forth. You see what I'm yeah, saying? No, I, I if that. he, if he got with a girl that was constantly going to jail and like, I mean, like if he got with Christian rock, it would, it would lower his image. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but he got with a, basically someone with a very clean record behind her. Like, so, you I know, know I, mean, you look, like I mean, even Swiss, like, Listen, I've known Swizz forever, and I remember after he got with Alicia, that's when he started doing deals with, like, Aston Martin, and, and that's when he started, like, doing shit with mm. Reebok, and he went to Harvard and, and everything else like that. Now, you could say it's because of her, you could not. I mean, it's all, it's all opinion at the end of the day, but I have just saw the difference when, when people, like, you know, even Kim said that when she got with Kanye, he elevated her status. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Introduced her to a level of society that she herself could not get access to because she is known for a sex tape. 
Yeah. Now she's with this legitimately successful artist slash business person, and now they're letting the sex tape stuff not be front page anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though she is thirst trapping and showing her ass and, and everything else like that. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there is a mutual benefit to that. And I think Kanye had a few steps up as well because now he got this super uber popular girl yeah. in his corner and he has kids with and everything else like that. Yeah, I remember um, when 6 9 was only seen as a gangster rapper. And um, I remember he, which it, this was also mutually beneficial, Selena Powell, it was like, hey, listen, I'm super popular. All the rap blogs post me beefing, but they don't acknowledge me in the shade room. And literally, he devised the plan like, hey, listen, I'm going to make it seem like we're in a relationship or fucking. Mm -hmm. And then we're, I'm going to give you a video that you could expose me with. Right. Just that the shade room could start posting me, which, by the way, like if, when I was first thinking, I'm like, Yo, what type of sick individual thinks about shit like this? <laughs> now, in hindsight, I'm like, shit, that's a play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. She's in jail now, I believe. Right. No, she got out. Oh, she got yeah. out. Okay. She got out. But, um, yeah, like that was mutually beneficial. That's just one of those things, man. One of the last, last because we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, Krishan Rock and Blueface. Yeah. Hilarious. Train wreck. <laughs> train wreck. Biggest train wreck I think I've ever seen. This is the first time I've ever seen like certain platforms, especially women centric platforms, they seem to be normalizing what could be a very abusive relationship. Like, like it's like could be a very abusive relationship. There's videos of, of them pinning each other, but publicly. But I've I've seen way more women like kind of be like, oh no, this is like kind of attractive. Like usually, that's not the type of stigma you get from those videos being. Well, out. I don't know usually, what it is. Well, right, because it's it's, it's her hitting him. That's what's I think also is her unwilling to leave because she showed us. She was like, oh yeah, he ripped out my hair. I'm like, but she didn't really see it, and if you did see it, she was probably the aggressor. Uh, you, you see what, what I'm saying? It, it's it's women abusing men is never really seen as a very serious thing in, in, in today's society, right? It, it's it's it, that's just how it is. A woman could punch a man, slap a man, whatever else, and a man is just supposed to take it. If he reacts in any sort of way, he is the villain. A, a, a woman can punch a man in the face 20 times, and if he slaps her, he's the abuser. It, by the way, interestingly enough, um, when Chris Brown did a documentary about the whole thing with Rihanna. Um, and he, he did a documentary? Yeah, and he actually spoke. He actually explained what happened. He's like, she goes through my phone. And um, well, how did I miss this? Yeah, it, it's on um, it's on like streaming platforms. Okay. I think like Netflix. She's like, she goes to my phone. He, by the way, he takes complete. He doesn't like say, "Oh no, she hit me first. He's just telling the story. Yeah, and, and it's one of those really contrite um content pieces. He's like, "Hey, she goes through my phone. He's she's asking about this one girl. They even describes like how that girl was relevant to other conversations or fights they had. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm driving a Lamborghini, and she just starts hitting me in the face." And I, I get upset and I snap and I hit her and then I, I keep hitting her and then I look up and like I can see like her face bloody. You know what I mean? But like, again, not that it really does matter that she did hit him first, but like that part of the story was never really, you know what I mean? Of course not. And, and you also have to keep in mind, I've interviewed Rihanna before early, early in her career. It was an audio only interview because they made me put the cap on the lens because she didn't have her makeup, whatever. Rihanna's really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Rihanna's like my size. 
She's like six feet tall. No, she's not. Really? Yeah. Especially in heels. She's like as big as me. No fucking way. Hold on. Sorry. Rihanna? Rihanna. Hold on. I know Nicki Minaj is like 5'4". Right. Like, Nicki's right. tiny. Yeah. Okay, it says 5'8". I don't fully believe it. Really? But still tall for no, a female. 5'8 five, five is, is five, the average eight. guy's height. That's what I'm saying. 5'8 with heels is like 6 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I'm saying, like, me and her were damn near eye-to-eye. Heels, that's 6'2". That's yeah, exactly. So that's Jeez. what I'm saying. Now you're really eye-to-eye to, eye to me. Like, and she was probably wearing heels that day, which is why I was looking at her, like, in the eyes when, when, when I met her. So it's like, you got a relatively large female who's not dainty either. She's relatively, yeah. you know, strong and so forth. Like... She punched you in the face a bunch of times. It would hurt you. It, it would hurt you. Not as much as maybe you punching her back. And, and, that's, and that's sort of the problem with, with that whole thing. So everyone's like, oh, yeah. I mean, even when I interviewed YK Osiris, he's like, I like that toxic shit. You know I mean? I, nah, I, when, nah. I, when I talked about the Chris Sean Rock blue yeah. face thing, he's like, no, I like that toxic shit. Yeah, you know, I want that for myself. And it's like, I think she's hitting him. So it's considered not a big deal. That's why the women are behind it. That's why so many things in society is just so one-sided and one way. Like, for example, even, okay, y'all gonna get mad at, at Aries Spears um, for what he said about Lizzo in terms of, you know, body shaming her. There's nothing wrong with body shaming men. Your Rod Wave, shit, Rob Kardashian don't even get online no more. Rob Kardashian literally says, like, bullying made him a recluse. You get what I mean? Right. Like, um... If, if if any other public figure said anything about Lizzo, you're done. And and here's the thing when it comes to that, and I, I got I got to run after this, this yeah, question, yeah. unfortunately. But there is also a degree of like, look, like I lost some weight, but I don't have a six pack. I don't, you know, what I mean, I'm not all well built. You know, I don't I don't look like. But what I'm saying is, is because I understand how I look and the shape that I'm in. Do you ever see me without a shirt? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, okay. really. Have you ever seen me? Nah, We're nah, friends. Nah. We've been friends yeah, for a yeah. long time. Have you ever seen me without a shirt? Yeah. yeah, yeah Never. Never. At my house, I'm, I walk around without a shirt everywhere. But when I yeah, come yeah. outside, when I'm on camera, I have my shirt on. Yeah. yeah Lizzo yeah. knows how she looks. She, she's fully aware of, of how her body is and so forth. She's talked about it. She's cried about how she, she, she's upset, how she's fat. And she even said, you know, I hate that I look disgusting and stuff like that. Like she's saying this about herself. I'm not saying she, she's disgusting. She's yeah. saying this about herself. So she, she, she's aware of, of how she is. But she goes and performs in a Lakers game with her entire ass out. Yeah, the whole ass is out. The entire ass is out. So when you do that, you're putting yourself out there. You're exposing yourself to the world in such a way, even if you are well-built or not, you're opening people <clears throat> to make comments about your appearance. People don't make comments about Jill Scott's appearance because she generally covers up. Yeah, and yeah, she's, yeah. you know, roughly the same size as a Lizzo. I mean, she's a bit thinner, but still she is also a heavy set woman, but no one says anything bad about her because she covers up and she's modest because she's aware of what her body is look, looks like and so it, forth. So it, it would be the equivalent of like say Khaled or, or um, Ross, who they literally call Ross fat boy. And he, he loves the name by the way, but like, it, that's like them always showing their belly and shirt off. And then somebody say, yo, you're kind of fat. And, and then they're like, yo, whoa, whoa. 
cancel this motherfucker right here. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, Khaled looks unhealthy, like how fat he is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Khaled been working out for a minute. Man. Like, bro, he, he's had zero progress. <laughs> Nothing. Yo, Khaled, call me. I'll help you lose weight. I've lost 20 pounds. I can help you Did lose weight. Did you lose weight. it naturally? Yeah. Word? Yeah. Well, intermittent fasting? Like, no. Working out? No. Kevin Gates invited me to like work out. I, I, I think no. his workout might be extreme. No, I mean, if I remember like, like Young Blue made, made, a, made a post where he was like, yo, I need to lose 10 pounds. You know, the next few weeks, I'll give someone $10,000. They help me do it. I, I called him and I'm like, yo, I'll help you do it. You don't have to pay me anything. Yeah, so, yeah. so we got on the phone and I told him how I did it. Basically, anyone I know that's lost significant weight has all done it by counting calories. So, so mm. there's apps out there. I use a, an app called MyFitnessPal yeah, my that pal. basically yeah. for months... You know, at the start of the pandemic, when I saw everyone that's heavy set dying, I said, I got, I got to take my weight seriously now. I weighed 225 at the time. And I started, basically, I got this app and it said, okay, you could, you could uh, eat up to 2,000. If you do 2,000 calories a day or less, you will lose weight. Yeah. And it actually allows you to just put the food in and it calculates the calories. If there's a barcode, you can scan it, calculates the calories, everything else like that. I started putting in everything I ate, I put into this app. And I made sure that once I got close to 2,000 calories, I stopped eating for that day. Lost 20 pounds and kept it off. Yeah, and, it and, and because I learned now that I know about how many calories food has, I don't yeah. do that anymore. So I haven't, I, I, I'm not losing weight still, but I've maintained like this 205 weight that I've went down to, you know, after I lost the 20 pounds and I've kept it, I've kept it off. And that, yeah. that's how I lost weight. You could work out and stuff like that, but I don't know anyone who's worked out and lost a lot of weight because of the working out. You can't work out and eat the way you're eating and expect to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. And you also sometimes you realize some, some working out is like if if you gotta if you're eating four thousand calories but you need to eat less than two thousand, you're not burning two thousand calories. You're not. Out. You're you not. I mean? And it's a lot easier. You know, it'll take you a half hour to burn a hundred calories on the treadmill. Yeah, it's a lot easier to just not drink a soda. And, and to eliminate that 100 calories that way than to actually get on treadmill and do that. True. So so that's the whole thing. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't do lipo. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't do that natural, shit. man. No, no, natural. Like, I would tell you if I did, but no, I'm, I didn't. I'm finna get a trainer or something, man. But anyway, yo, yo, Vlad, listen, I, I know you gotta go. Uh, you yep. got a meeting. Vlad got many business deals to close. Um, we will be doing another one of these pretty shortly. Yep. And also, you'll see me back on this platform. Yep. I feel like we, we, we do a little swap each and every time. Yeah. Um, I would definitely, yo, the next time, because I'm going to be in LA yeah. um, like in a month, I want to do one of that studio to see how that looks like. Oh, yeah. You've never been with the drum set. Yeah, you know, yeah. with the LA drum set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, New York yeah. drum set. The LA drum set. Yeah, no, for real. But yeah, um, listen, for everybody who uh, don't know his face, Please go check him out on YouTube. It's DJ Vlad, Vlad TV. Um, follow his socials, uh, DJ Vlad and Vlad TV on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Vlad my man's TV. on there as well. I'm pretty sure he's pretty much everywhere. Definitely on, 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 on Facebook. Yep. Facebook's YouTube, is Vlad TV, Facebook, Vlad TV. Our TikTok got shut down, but. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The person I knew over there, that's why I forgot to tell you. Don't work there no more. Okay. That was we need our TikTok back, person. man. We need our TikTok back. They're, they gotta have some type of creator type of yeah. rep. Anyway, uh, listen, man. This has been another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Thank y'all for watching. We are out of here. See y'all either tomorrow or the next day. Peace. <laughs>